Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line, yet again, is Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's awful. I love it. <laughs> this is like bad karaoke. It's making a mockery of itself. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure the uh, I'm pretty sure somebody dubbed over the concert music. It almost it almost sounds like Kurt Cobain singing it because it sounds like he's got marbles in his mouth. Oh, it's still going. Please end the suffering. Rating. Uh, 2.6. Well, more was than it deserved. I was going to say, that's <laughs> much more than it deserved. Uh, what was last week? I don't even remember. Two. Last week was a good one. I thought it was like a seven. All right. Somewhere around there. Yeah, that was the one with the vi- with the uh, accordion. Oh, the yeah. ultimate pseudo-hipster band or whatever the hell it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. I it had that. accordion. The Polak had to rate it well. Yeah. All Very right, good. so. I thought you were French. I mean, my last name is French, and that's about all I'll claim. Yeah. Well, then you're like us. We're Merrimutts. Okay, very good. All right. Sorry, Dad. So, <laughs> you need your browser open Facebook. Sorry, I'm doing some directing behind the scenes. Oh, okay, sorry. What <laughs> I'm just doing? trying to set it up here while we're going early in the show, obviously. So anyway, we usually start the episode off with personal updates. Where am I yeah, going? Right, yeah, right there. Just leave that open for us for a minute. All okay. right. Thank you. Uh, personal updates. Obviously, we are not racing I for have a this one while. up. Is this one what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, we got to have that one open. I'm sorry. I'm directing this one out in the open here. Yeah, this one. Yeah, it's all good. We're yeah. good the way it is. So I don't need this on. Sorry. Well, I got to leave that up for send it. later. We really should have figured this out earlier, but, you know, that's us. We're belligerent amateurs. We have no idea what we're doing. Anyway, personal updates. I was looking for a calendar, and I had one directly in front of my face. All right, so September. When the hell? How do you 14th. use? 14th. Is it 14th? I thought it wasn't. It is the 14th. So basically, what? Almost two how weeks. How do I know your schedule better than you? I probably mentioned it and then forgot because I'm stupid. Um. Yeah. September 14th, we go back to racing at Thompson. Uh, I have the car blown apart completely. I mean, I'm, I'm going back to square one. I'm done with attempting to uh, experiment with stuff and try different things and try to make something work that I hate, and I'm done with it. So I'm tearing the entire car back to the ground, and I'm starting over with what I know works from my notebook. You're getting rid of that stupid crate motor? I can't do that because I'll be slower. Okay. I have the open motor sitting in my shop. Oh, I'm sorry. I was a little late on that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. 
Uh, I would run the open motor, except I'd get my ass run over and probably not win, so I got to leave. Which is why I'm not there. I got to leave uh, <laughs> HO and Mexico in under the hood. Yes. So 350 cubic zirconias. I don't know what the hell they are. <laughs> tacos. Juan Pablo Racing. 350 soft tacos. Raging mules for the co- for the collaborative. Yes. <laughs> for the-, the proletariat engine. For the proletariat. <laughs> Oh, God, don't get locked out of your phone. All right, what am I doing? Personal updates, right? I got the rear suspension blown apart. I'm building some spare parts. Could really use some sponsor money because I'm pretty much out. Need some tires. Uh, Spent all of it on spares. So, yeah, everything's going great. Uh, Hopefully, we can fix it and have it ready in time for the next race and actually be competitive, we'll be ready. It's just a matter of being competitive again. Was it two races left? I think so. I don't it's like think September there's... and then the World Series. And then yeah, we had six, and then they said, "Oh no, now you have five. If you want to participate in some open show that doesn't pay points, have fun." I'm like, I don't want to. And I wish that I'd known how much it was paying to start, and I probably would have at least started and parked it, but. <laughs> Because I don't want to waste my brakes. It's bad when when Antires. weekly racers have to start and park for for raising money. <laughs> We're at the point now <laughs> where I literally have to start and park because racing is pricing us out. Great, we are now Andy Hillenberg Racing of freaking yeah <laughs> of weekly sh- racing. That's the only way I've been funding my race team is by doing side gigs filming for Carl people. Long. Yeah. <laughs> doing side gigs filming racing for people like Sid and Stafford and then um watch yeah. basically doing side jobs to get spare money and having a few sp- pretty awesome sponsors come along but that sponsor money don't last so I could really use more but you know people won't people are less um excited about putting their name on a car that finishes 10th every freaking week so I got to I'm taking it apart and we're fixing it and we're going to go back to what we were doing before and last year it was better but I was doing stuff that I was doing before last year. Now I'm trying different things this year that I really hate. So that's ending immediately. I'm done with it. I don't have time for experimentation when I get five races a year. I can't learn anything. So Go back to Old Faithful. Yep, Old Faithful's going back in. Everything's going back the way it was. I would run faster with less shock and different and worse tires. So <laughs> we got to go back to what worked. Anyway, while that's going on, I am filming... Another YouTube video for some reason. I don't know why I keep up with the YouTube thing, but it is kind of plugging along. It's YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason if I'm going to promote myself, I suppose. It's more of a diary. It's kind of a diary yeah. thing. I mean, I do a little of everything on there, and I was going to film something about... I, I do all sorts of mechanical stuff that I put on there, but I just haven't been doing it lately because I have not had time or ambition, I suppose. But anyway, I'll have something coming out soon. It's just I'm waiting on parts, so... That'll be fun, I think. Seems uh, to be the theme see. of life is waiting on parts these days. Well, the thing is, is it's not like it's a shortage issue. It's me not realizing I need them, so I'm filming it, and then, oops, I need parts. I have to order them and sit here and wait for them to show up. And then they come in, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm not as behind as I was, but I've wasted four or five days. So got more parts I'm waiting on, so... Anyway, I got so much to do on the race car. It's just keeping me busy at this point. Any other updates? I know Phil probably has something. Uh, Florida did Florida this weekend, and instead of driving the truck, I went to Top Golf. Is that an indoor golf thing because it was raining? It's kind of a canopy it, thing. 
Yeah, it's it was actually kind of fun. I've never swung a golf club in my life, but the the whole race team got together. It was Daniel's birthday, so we figured, what the hell? I we shot, can't race. Might as well do something. I shot in the '80s once when I used to play all the time. I um after that, mini it's golf. Been that's it. <laughs> I I am planning. Uh, I kind of made a hasty decision during uh, during golf as we were all discussing that we're going to take the the sportsman garage queen out throw it on an open trailer behind the loaner truck since I still don't have my truck back that I bought in April. <laughs> it sounds good though, I'll tell you that much. It does have a nice it, ring. It does have a nice brr to it. Nice new carburetor sounds fantabulous. Beauteous. Uh hopefully it fixes some of the stumble issues I was having coming up off the corners. Yeah, yeah. my um, I was having I think I was having lean issues with my carburetor. I was getting in it coming off the corner and it just felt lazy. You know, and it just doesn't feel right. It's not quite a cylinder down, but it just feels a little lazy. Running hot, a little bit, maybe. I think uh, I think the power valve went out in it because it wasn't a jet issue because it wasn't spiking temperature, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of a little bit warm. So, and I looked at my spark plugs and they looked kind of yellowy. I'm like, what the hell? You know, it's usually black because the thing's so rich. But uh, I think that's yeah, what that's we. Weird. I just went through the thing because my air cleaner looked like shit, and I know people were giving me garbage for it. So I put a new one on, and uh, I cleaned the carburetor out. It probably needed it. I just changed whatever I could change because Phil reminded me of that because he was talking carburetor. So. Yeah, I've actually been having a lot of fun learning carburetor stuff, but this one just kind of showed up at my doorstep, and I was not going to argue with it. So I threw it on, and damn, yeah, it definitely sounds a lot better. The They're not getting this one back. <laughs> but Sorry. we're, we're going we're gonna to throw it on the open trailer and take it down to Auburndale on the 10th for uh, a 50 lapper. It's 1,200 to win, just regular show, 250 to start. Should be some good laps, good experience. Shouldn't be a huge field of cars, probably 12 to 15 cars is what they've been averaging there. I just didn't feel super comfortable after kind of sitting on the bench all summer with that car, uh, not getting a ton of laps in it, going straight into Citrus on the 24th. Uh, against probably 40 of the best late model drivers in the southeast at this point. These guys are ridiculously good. Well, that sounds like fun. I know driving yeah. that truck is a lot different than driving that car. So, Yeah, the the truck is – I enjoy it because obviously it's a metric and it's something I'm used to, but I want to conquer the sportsman. It's I've got this in my head that I can win in this car, and it's just I need to get more seat time and more laps in it if I'm going to do that. So. Yeah, Auburndale's a, a new track. I don't have any expectations. Just finish the race and keep the fenders on it and drink beer in the parking lot at the end of the night and have fun. Well, get soaking. <laughs> no, I got a I got a brand new set of stickers sitting in the spare bedroom. Oh, here. look at this fancy pants. Yeah, all my tires are fucking two years old. You got to run stickers on these cars or you're instantly four tenths off. Yeah, well, there's also the a American lot of things that I could... junk. There's a lot of things I could run on my car, too, that are definitely... Causing me to be four tenths off as well. So, well, that's Moving. also why I don't race this car a lot. Is I just can't afford to strap tires on it every single race. Makes and sense. I'm, knowing what I'm up against, you know, with these guys, especially in the Wheelman series, if you don't go there set on kill with your shit together, you're going to qualify thirtieth and probably not have a good night because it's hard to pass. These cars are so close together; it's really, really hard to pass. Probably won't even make the race half the time. I mean, shoot. 
Well, so, Ricky really Brooks only starts 24 or 26 cars in the Wheelman series, and everybody else goes to a B main, which is great because he pays out a full field for the B main, but you don't transfer. It's hmm. finish your B main, sit down, drink some beer, watch the race. I'm really kind of hoping that the guys who run the oval track at Thompson, the guys ACT and pass, uh, I really hope they saw a lot of good gains and returns from the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour race that showed up this yeah. couple weeks ago. And I really hope they get a really good turnout for the World Series and they can come back and keep doing it because I really would like them to have more races and I really would like them to come back because, you know, that's kind of on my mind as well because we're near the end of the season. So I um, think especially because they moved the uh, tour race to Sunday now. I don't I know think why having it, it is Sunday. I think it was already it was scheduled for Saturday because originally the open modifies were scheduled for a bigger event on Sunday, but I think that got I don't remember what the schedule was, but it got twisted hmm. around. They race day Connecticut put out a post, uh, and I think the track put out a post that it was moved to Sunday now. So hopefully that'll draw the big Sunday crowds to me were always the best at Thompson. Yeah. I need to take a little aside here for a minute. Jesse, do you have a fresh beer? Yes, I do. Do you have one that you can open? <laughs> I could use one. Okay, so before we get into that, uh, I guess we can go into the second segment of the show. Jesse can play the song before he's on his way out to grab a fresh beer for me. We're just going to dive right into the Darf comment of the week this week. And this one's kind of a themed one for the Darf comment of the week. This one will be Do we fun. only have one? Oh. There's so many that we could have. I mean... We could talk about the rain in Daytona. We could talk about how bad the races were. We could talk about... Uh, there's so many things that we could talk about, literally. But I liked this because this is something I would do. This week's Darf comment of the week is a surprise because I didn't ask this person to use it. I just kind of... Oh, I have one. Thank you. But I'll take it anyway. Jesse grabbed me a beer anyway, so that's cool. They typically don't drink beer on the show, but... You know what? <laughs> this week I am, and for reasons I will go into later. Uh-oh. This comment was brought to us courtesy of, and it wasn't by, it was courtesy of, friend of the podcast, Stafford, part-time announcer and full-time video guy. I don't know if that's going to change sometime in the future. It's Bonsa Tufa. I didn't tell him I was doing this. I did it as kind of a surprise because I loved what he did. This is right up my alley. He put out a tweet during the cup race, or actually after the cup race. Um, he said, hey, I guess Austin Dillon is just like Dale Earnhardt, bumping people out of the way to win while in the three car. They're like the same. And he hashtagged how to piss off the NASCAR base. And he <laughs> and he got one. <laughs> he actually got two, but this is the best one because he screen capped it for us. <laughs> Set the hook. <laughs> he got him. I'm like, oh, we got one. He's reeling him in. This guy has no picture, by the way. Uh, so in re in response to Bonsa's obviously satire tweet, was this person called Magic Dan? Oh, we're <laughs> we're in for it here. He's not. I hope he's not like you know, like uh, Kid Diddler. Well, like Handsome Dan or something. Hey, hey, I'm Handsome Dan. Hey. Hey, handsome Dan. I'm, I'm not, not handsome Dan. <laughs> what do you say, Mr. Scream? God, what a great movie. 
We're all movie references all the time. That's all we do. This here. is what guys do. This so. is all we do. This yeah. is all this is our entire life. Yeah. So anyway, Magic Dan at Magic Dan one fifty one on Twitter, and he's got the shoulders and egghead profile picture, which means he doesn't have a profile picture. Replies to Bonsa hook line and sinker saying, "Do not ever put the two in the same sentence." Ignorant, but that's what you were looking for, guy who never won anything. Oh, you fucking burned him there, guy. Oh man, I don't know how Bonts is ever gonna recover from that one. Jeez. He's nuts. <laughs> oh man. Oh Jesus. mad look how triggered people get. Like I said, this goes along the lines of our race fans, the dumbest fans in the world. They can't even understand satire. When it's presented as satire, read the hashtag, even st- even capitalize the words so it would separate it out so you could actually read it easier. Jesus Christ. I think Phil's dying. No, I'm freaking, I'm exhausted today. Now that's, I I mean, I put out a tweet during the race that NASCAR fans or TV NASCAR fans, as I call them, are probably the stupidest racing fans on the face of the planet. I have uh, something statistical, which we are going to probably reference. At least more than once. At least more than once for the future. And reason why is because that can't be true if you look at the literacy rate in america 54 percent of u.s adults 16 to 74 which is about 130 million people lack proficiency in literacy reading below the equivalent of a sixth grade level this is true this is true right, you can't be serious no right? this is no this is true this is very true <laughs> It's very true. Is it on 33 purpose? 33 million of them live in Florida. Oh, probably, yes. Probably. And uh, they probably uh, hunt gators and have airboats. But no, they hunt pythons. Oh, it's probably more lucrative. Well, the, yeah, very much so. The rest of them are Ty Gibbs fans or something. But uh, I'd say junior fans, but anyway. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, definitely Earnhardt way, fans. Way to, tri- <laughs> way to trigger the rest of the world. Definitely Earnhardt fans. Hey, we did it on purpose. Jesus! Oh man! But yeah, that uh, we we have are the uh, yeah we're the country. We lap the field in education spending. We spend double what number two spends in in education, and we're like the eighteenth best country in educational <laughs> output. Which means we don't get a lot of bang for our buck because apparently fifty four percent of U.S. adults are illiterate in Wait, America. That's, that's mint right there. That is mint. Absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> I can't tell you how many people oh I know God. that can't use your, your, and your correctly in a sentence. Oh, I mean, that's, speak it, American, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, this guy used numbers instead of spelling the words out. Uh, really poor pronunciation. And I don't know what he's mean. I don't know what he's trying to attack him for by saying that's what you were looking for, a guy who never won anything. Like, I don't know what you won, Magic Dan, but it wasn't a spelling contest because you've won this week's DARF comment of the week. Sorry. Uh, No music for you, and may God have mercy on your soul. I don't know why I cut that short. Anybody have any other things to roast this guy on after I've already closed it? We're already a shit show, so we might as well. I played ping pong so much, I even played it in my sleep. (laughs) 
Oh, I love the movie references. They're so minty this week. Hey, that's one that I actually know. Lieutenant Dang, there's ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Uh, a guy who never won anything. That's rich. It's like, what are you trying to... I don't get it. Like, does he have to win something to say something? Does that matter? I mean, what the fuck? He did win something. He was the fastest sperm. Right. He won his first race ever. I mean, <laughs> give the guy his due. Definitely won that race. He wins at the Rubik's Cube. <sighs> Don't bring that up. It's a sore subject now. Okay. <laughs> we... Everybody send a Rubik's Cube to Bonsa at Stafford Motor Speedway. Care of. Yeah, they're uh, some. I forget their address. I was going to give it away, but we could give that out later, probably. Uh, no, we're not Stafford gonna... Motor Speedway, Stafford, Connecticut. They'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> the mailman's not dumb. They're literate. <laughs> uh, you have to be. I mean, that's kind of. Uh... That's it kind is the of, job. It is the job. <laughs> it's the job. You guys right. are literate. Can uh, you read? You're hired. Stafford Motors. Uh, send your Rubik's Cubes. Care of, um, let's see, to Bonsa Tufa. Care of Stafford Motor Speedway, P.O. Box 105, Stafford Springs, Connecticut, 06076. And the crazier, the better. <laughs> yes, the Especially better. the mirrored ones. Color changing eight, is the best. He loves those. Give him a chocolate eight. one. Is that a racist thing, or is it- no? Because he says he hates chocolate. <laughs> oh, that's just weird. Okay, who doesn't like chocolate? I literally have M and M's sitting next to my microphone. I, I don't trust anybody who doesn't like chocolate. Sorry, Bonsa. How can that be? He's made out of chocolate. I wonder if he tastes good. It's <laughs> only one way to find out. That's not good. Not uh, touching it. We're moving on from there. All right, so now that I've ruined that, so that's my that's the thanks he gets for sending this to me, even though he didn't send it to me. Uh, he, now I will ruin his life with Rubik's cubes from listeners. So great. Anyway, uh, I gotta kind of divert the show for a moment here. Do you want a chocolate? Oh, I could eat about a million and a half of these. <laughs> God. Oh, Gump man. is gonna get me through this show today. Yep. <laughs> Jesse, you get that fresh beer out? Yes, sir. All right, we got to do something a little personal on the show here for a moment. Just bear with us. Um, Last week, on the 25th, Jesse and I lost our Uncle John. Okay. This was a guy who was around our race team because it was a family team for since the inception. Uh, he was just a genuinely good dude. Uh, he went to the races with me. If anybody'd seen him at the track, he's the bearded guy very uh imposing figure had a hat on smoking a lot because that's my family but (laughs) you know um he looked like a biker he looked like a biker yeah he was a big big tough guy uh he was a biker he was a tough biker he was a tough guy he was a veteran he was a vietnam veteran uh got hit with agent orange at some point saw a lot of combat um purple heart purple heart recipient um yeah, he shed blood for our country. He was a man's man. He was a great guy. They pointed a gun to him and told him to go fight, and he did. And he did. And he pointed a gun at other people. And uh, we lost him to you know health problems. This actually on our father's birthday of all places. It was day uh, after, or it was the day after. I thought day it was after. actually the day 25th. after. He wouldn't go there. He stayed on, on for another day. Oh, he did. I thought he went the twenty fifth because that's twenty sixth. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway. Um, we just wanted to say, you know, as a family, thank you for all the time and effort he put into being a genuine human being because he was actually somebody in our family, and it's kind of rare. 
who came around because he wanted to see what he could do, not what we could do for him, you know? Um, so I figured we could drink a beer for him while we're sitting here. So cheers to our Uncle John. He was a great man. and Love you, PJ. Yep, thanks, PJ. We uh, we miss you until we see you again. Thank you. Goddamn. Mm. I kept that kind of brief just because, you know. No, that's fine. That's good. But, well, yeah, like I said, that sucks. And uh, he was at the track this year, so... Uh, let's see here. All right, I'm going to bring this up because this is a very interesting discussion point that I saw on Twitter and other Facebook channels, and I sent it to Phil, and he thought it was quite amusing, so I'm going to bring it up. Ahead of this week's Cars Tour late model stock race at North Wilkesboro, which I'm, I think we're all excited about. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to steal Phil's login for this, um, <laughs> which I probably don't have again. Uh, <laughs> just resend that to me when I ask for it, if I don't have it. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe, okay. So anyway, uh, unless I... Unless Stream I, it on like, Twitch. Unless I boot you something. off, and then I'll I'll get off. But you know. <laughs> Stream it on Twitch. Um, maybe I'll just buy it, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Racing America, formerly Speed 51, we should know who it is by this point, posited the question in an article, is Dale Jr. overlooked as one of late model stock cars' all-time greats? Now, this is a very loaded question, obviously, because if you read the article, the author states what he really means. Is he one of the all-time greats in terms of overall career trajectory after starting in late model stocks or running late model stocks? Uh, Let's see here. Keep in mind, we're not talking about super late models or any of the sort. It's actual late model stocks like the Mid-Atlantic, like you would see all around Charlotte, you know, area, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, you know, the late model stock area, uh, like NASCAR late model stocks. Um, Are they different than, like, the old G-body late models up here? A little bit. I think they got much more motor. Um, Like a Stafford late model. They're they're very similar, I think. Okay. But they're a little different now, yeah. Okay. Um, Also, his time frame, the author who wrote the article, his time frame starts from about 1990 and goes to today, because of the amount of change and oddities in late models before that time, that made it hard to compare results and kind of classify the division. Uh, so the author put out a top 10 list. Um, and like I said, Jess, this was like, he made it 1990 because back in the 80s, NASCAR short track late model racing con- featured like three different types of cars. Late model sportsmen with the big boxy V6s, um, Grand Americans and all this other stuff, you know, and then there were late model stocks. So there was all sorts of different stuff that you could classify as late model stocks back then. And in the nineties, they kind of homogenized and it was more one type of thing. So he put together this list. Now I don't agree with a lot of it, but you got to think of it in terms of actual career trajectory. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like where they ended up 10th. He has Stacy Compton, uh, ninth, Timothy Peters, well, Stacy Compton used to run Bush. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Tim Peters was a truck driver. Yeah, they've they've won races and stuff. Yep, not championships or anything, but yeah, you know they were successful. Eighth, he has Josh Berry, which I think he should be a little higher up the list. But bear with me. Seventh is Elliot Sadler. Uh, sixth, he has Dennis Setzer, and he said here's a collection of drivers who found mild success on the NASCAR national ranks. After being stars at their local short tracks, Barry is, of course, a promising prospect whose best chance of being a star was derailed by lack of funding for the last five years, but he's now a solid championship contender in the Xfinity Series. So 
Uh, Elliot Sadler is the only cup winner of the bunch. Setzer was quintessential short track veteran. Who he was a runner Bush up in the driver too. Yeah, he ran trucks. Bush. Ran, he runnered up in the truck championship three times in a row. He's like a four A ball player. All right, so here's the rest of the list, and I'll give you the guy a little quick rundown of the guy's reasoning and stuff. Okay. Uh, fifth, he has the Bubble Wallace. Okay. He says he gives a slight nod to Wallace over Setzer simply because he's a Cup winner at this point, and that's kind of nationally known star at this point. Uh, Wallace ran Legends Cars Late Model Stocks, broke through for a UARA Late Model Stock victory at uh, Caraway in 08. Then he was winning in K&N Pro East and stuff like that. So that's why he gave him a nod, was the cup win. Uh, fourth, he has Jack Sprague. Uh, Sprague, obviously, uh, Mr. Concord Speedway for the first years of the 90s. In the 94 season, he won 21 times and could have won the NASCAR National Championship for the weekly series, if not for Florida's own David Rogers, who put up a perfect 22 wins in the point system and uh, took that championship away from him. Uh, let's see. His consolation was moving up to the brand-new truck series where he won 28 times and he won three titles. The lackluster move beyond trucks with a single Xfinity Series win and being tossed out of his halfway part of his rookie season in cup probably puts him behind the third place driver third place driver is william byron uh let's see here byron raced late model stocks for junior motorsports obviously you know he was racing with uh josh barry as his teammate and barry would win pretty much everything in late model stocks uh but his trajectory is a little higher than josh because he's in the cup series and he's won races uh, so he's won like four times in yeah. Cup. He won the Xfinity title. Should have won the truck title if not for an engine failure. And he's in I the playoffs. I think Barry still has plenty of time to, to change his position, though. I think so. I mean, Josh has barely got his feet wet in Xfinity. What's his second year? He's still got a lot of uh, potential. So He's, he's also, got like four wins. I think he's also yeah. the front runner for Junior Motorsports future cup ride when that happens. 100%. I'm not saying if. I'm saying when. Yeah, well, if Junior can well want to spend the cash for a charter, yeah, well, that's that's the he says he didn't want to spend that kind of money for a charter. Yeah, for that's a while. the sticking point. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it turned him off. He didn't want nothing to do with that. Second is the man himself, Dale Earnhardt Junior. He has on the list. No, he says right. we'll slot Junior in here. His late model stock career was relatively brief, and Junior was actually joking about this article. He said he was what three for one fifty four. In late model stocks? Yep. Yeah, something like that. Let me actually look up what he wrote. Oops, I can't search because I don't know what I'm doing. Dale Earnhardt Jr., what did he say? Let's see here. Oh, he retweeted that Dick Simon accident. That's cool. Three of 159. I'm sorry. I was close. But yeah, he says, I won three of 159. Now let me read the article, he says. <laughs> Uh, he, he won a few times at Myrtle Beach in East Carolina, obviously uh, ran respectably, but he moved up to Bush Series and he won two Bush titles. And eventually he won 26 cup races and two Daytona 500s. So it's like, well, you know, the trajectory. And plus, he's also perennial NASCAR's favorite driver, even though he doesn't. Well, he's race. a Hall of Famer. Right. He's also a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. So let me guess who number one is. And I haven't read the article. You are free to do so. If it's not Denny Hamlin, I'm going to be like really weird now. Phil, did you read the article? No, I didn't. All right, what's your guess? 
I don't honestly have enough of a knowledge of the uh, late model stocks overall. To yeah, really... if, if you said super late models, you'd probably have a bigger idea of who's yeah. ra- racing now. But there's, so, there's such a niche. It is. It's class. a it's a real mid Atlantic thing, you know. Yeah, Denny Hamlin I mean, won everything I, there was to win in, in late model stocks before. I could, I could go Weird. with late models uh, with Denny Hamlin. Well, you're both right because he has Denny Hamlin down. Okay, that makes sense because he he <clears throat> tore up everything and won everything there is to win. I I, I oh, even yeah. know that. In 2003, yeah. Hamlin won 25 races <clears throat> and the Southern National Track title, enough to secure a driver development deal with Joe Gibbs. And then he had a moderately successful rookie season in yeah. the Bush Series. He caught fire with an early promotion to Cup. Well, he tested the driver diversity program. I don't know if that's on there. I don't think so. He no. tested cars for Joe Gibbs' driver diversity program. He had the development deal, it says, but and, it didn't say that. Yeah. And he broke track records when he was testing also, which also secured his ride with it. Well, they moved yeah. him up, and he never faltered, like, at all. Yeah. Um, he's actually, you know, I'm not a Danny Hamlet fan, but he's actually a wheelman. Comp- he said the competition between him and Junior was tight, but he gets the nod because uh, he is, I mean, he has yet to win a NASCAR national title, which Junior has, too. But Denny's won 48 cup wins. It's like double, almost double Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's won crown jewel races all over, three Daytona 500, 17 Xfinity Series races. He even won two truck races, for God's sakes. Has Denny Hamlin never won a championship in the top three series? No. Negative. He's I knew. I mean, has. obviously knew he didn't win one in trucks or cup, but I thought he won one in Xfinity for some no, reason. No, I don't think he spent enough time in Xfinity to really win one, to be fair. I think gotcha. most of his so most of wins. his wins have been just dropping down for Gibbs on yeah, the Saturday shows. Like when Kyle Busch would come punch down on people, that's basically how Denny yeah. went. <laughs> he won a ton of them in that Rockwell twenty car. You know what I mean? So fair. Uh, yeah, that's basically how he would do that. But I mean, I was reading a lot of uh, a lot of people's tweets about it, and I'm like, well, they just read the headline, you know. <laughs> It's like, how do you define star? Dick Trickle would be in this argument. And I'm like, not really true, because Dick raced in the Midwest, and he ran a lot of ASA, which is not late model stocks. They're pretty close, and they're equivalent. They're kind uh, of a super late model. But they weren't model, called them. They used to have uh, Midwest and South... They used to have uh, ASA-type and late model stock shows. Yeah. Uh, concurrent shows. Uh, special events, for that matter. So I mean you could, but it's not. It wasn't called late model stocks because then you would be adding a oh. whole ton of other people to you. Be adding like Mike Gibby and Alan Quickie and Mark Martin and Mike Eddy and Mike Eddie. Mike Eddy. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to uh, Rusty Wallace. And all yeah, these, oh, yeah, oh, Rusty God, Wallace. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, uh, junior Hanley. Um, Did Rich Bickle run those, or was he a late model um, stock guy? Rich Bickle was a late model. I think Rich Bickle was a late model guy. I think he was originally. I think he was. Like you, there, there's guys. He still is a late model stock guy. Ronnie Thomas didn't. No, he's retired now. Who's that? Ronnie Thomas didn't make Dallas. He must have. Well, he didn't go high up in NASCAR, did he? That was was rookie of the year, 1978. Yeah, but again, it was 1990 on, so that's why he didn't make it on there. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, This person wrote a uh, reply, which actually won a lot in the 1990s. But Ronnie Thomas was a fucking monster. So I mean, yeah, in late model stocks, he was. But yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody actually read the article, said, what a good article. To play devil's advocate, you could create a list of late model stars who have been in NASCAR but not really had that trajectory. Lee Polium, Philip Morris, uh, McCarty, the Edwards Brothers, Words, et cetera, et cetera. You can go down the line. There's tons of them. Robert Powell. Scott Riggs won a lot, but he was kind of meh, you know, in cup and everything. So <laughs> somebody wrote, you cannot be serious with this article. It's like, did you read 
the fine print, please. My driver wasn't listed. Charles Powell. The th- no, he's not. Charles Powell the third kicked his ass. It's like read the article. It actually tells you this is clickbait. He needs hints, so he uses Junior's name. Read the article here. You are the honorary Darf comments of the week this week. Jesse, Was hit the Je- music. They're all honorary Darf comments of the week. For God's sakes, Red Farmer Jack Ingram. It says nineteen ninety. Was Jesus Jeff Christ. Green a late model stock guy or an ASA guy? I don't remember. Oh, Jeff Green was a North Carolina boy, I believe. Um, yeah, well, he's. I think that the Green family is from Owensboro, Owensboro, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, but hmm. I can't remember where he he did pretty decent in NASCAR. Obviously, didn't really do that great in Cup, but he won a bunch in the Xfinity or Bush Series. Yeah, um, I just don't know where he came from. I'd have to look it up. So, anyway, I think we're done with that one. What do you think? That was kind of interesting list, though, and it's another uh, what's it called? It's actually, um, it wasn't even a clickbaity type of it list wasn't either. Really, no, it was actually, actually put thought to it. If you actually read it, it's like okay, from the 1990s, people who participated in late model stocks and their trajectory through NASCAR and actually bringing attention to late model stocks. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's you and know? guess what? In the early late 70s and early 80s, the late model stocks used to be a regional and the state kind of thing, and then they all decided to go on tour, and that's what be, what became of the Bush Grand National Series. Right, and that's what that's what they were eventually was touring late mile stocks. We should talk about the brief NASCAR mm. sportsman's divi- or sportsman division because uh, Black Flags Matter just put out a decent video about uh, Russell Phillips. That was gross, but um, it was a pretty in- it was a pretty informative look into the sportsman series back in its inception. Yeah. <laughs> three- that was a bad one, but that wasn't the worst I I've seen. Oh god. Daytona. Think cheese grater, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gross. Uh, let's not go into that. I'm just saying, sportsman division, NASCAR sportsman. I thought it would be pretty interesting, but we can talk about that at some other time. We got more wackiness on the show here to talk about, anyway. Uh, let's see. Because let me see. I'm looking for that article that I looked for. I don't want to go into that yet. Nope. Nope. It's something. Oh, there it is. All right. Nope. <laughs> completely wrong no i put it in the wrong spot i'm sorry i I put it in my nascar national notes instead of doing the goofy shit we're great at this all right so here's a really dumb article uh ricky stenhouse's 16 million dollar mansion that's up for sale currently was broken into by two members of the so-called and i put this in air quotes moorish nation that's hard to say sorry i'm trying to kill bugs that are flying around me i know it's a single one but whatever clean your house Sorry, I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. <laughs> the Morris Nation. The Morris Nation, yeah, kind of. Uh, and they as they illegally oh. occupied and attempted to claim squatters' rights on his mansion and were subsequently arrested. Uh, what's the Moorish Nation? You uh, God, that's hard to say. Can you come up with a better name? What's the Moorish Nation? Say that one five times fast. I think it has something to do with some kind of North African political group or something. Uh, I've, I've read a little bit about it, and it said the Moorish National Republic... God, that's hard to say. National Republic is among one of several independent organizations in the Moorish sovereign citizen movement. I'm not, I don't know where it came from. I didn't look that up. Uh, in which individuals believe they hold sovereignty over the federal and state governments, which no, you don't. 
that sovereignty, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which, let's be fair, take anything that they say with a grain of salt, uh, means members believe they are immune from the legal system and therefore don't have to pay taxes or go t- through the process of owning property, which, I'm sorry, yes, you do. That's well, literally how this works. Um, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, go ahead. They're, they're from North Africa. They're part of the the term used by Christian Europeans is, is to designate Muslim inhabitants of Maghreb in the Iberian Peninsula of Sicily and Malta during the Middle Ages. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Your were... history lesson for today. Brought to oh, you, you by have more Wikipedia. Shit later, true. Oh, we'll have it. Uh, the Moorish National Republic bills itself as its own distinct government. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, communists and thieves who only squat on vacant property that's worth a lot of money because they are scum who try to make money without having to work. Is Liberals? that about? Is that about right? Well, they obviously. I mean, the Southern Poverty Law Center said something about them, so they're a DNC. So they show. went from a proud people to gypsies, apparently, <laughs> and thieves, obviously. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're sovereign people. They're those people who get pulled over and say, you can't pull me over. I'm a sovereign citizen to try to get out of a ticket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't arrest me. I'm a sovereign citizen. Bullshit, you are. Sit there and shut up. It doesn't matter if you're from another country. You're still getting a ticket. Uh, Stenhouse refused to comment on the grounds that there is an ongoing criminal investigation. So that kind of posited the question to me. What other weird crimes have you guys heard about happening to racers? Jeremy Mayfield? That's <laughs> it's definitely a weird No, no, one. no. Doing meth is not weird. It's just gross. It's it's kind of funny, but <laughs> It's funny, yeah. No, I meant I meant all the stolen goods he received and all the shit that he every denies. every Let me just put this this I way mean, just Don just for, and, and Hang uh, on just hang on. Hang on. I got to stop this. Yes, sir. Let me just put this out there for Phil. Every single thing Jeremy Mayfield says is a lie. It well, is no a shit. lie. His he lips didn't, are moving. It's he a didn't, lie. He didn't receive stolen property. He took it because he's a fucking crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> Every single he thinks he 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 does a great job of painting a picture where he is the subject of every conceivable conspiracy theory, and that the police are out to get him and brian france is all knowing seeing eye and all this other shit and it's like no you're a fucking crackhead you need to put a drug test kit above your door tonight so he doesn't show up at midnight he's the guy who says i wasn't driving when he gets pulled over for drunk driving and he's the only one in the car and he moves himself to the passenger seat (laughs) (laughs) it's conspiracy somebody stole my car and drove and ran away I had an uncle who did that. <laughs> don't put them on blast, Jesus. He's dead. He don't care. That's fair. Um, if you have dead, in- in- oh, I got a weird. I got a weird. I get, I have a weird one. If you have dead relatives, write to us again, and we'll just make fun of them. Also, on I air. have a I have a, a local one too that Brent and I both know. Go ahead, Chuck Rogers. Oh, what happened? Oh, that's right. The story Listen, he fucking told us Chuck was Rogers, amazing. Chuck Rogers, we're drinking in the parking lot as usual. This guy was a fucking riot. I miss he him takes, so much. 
He's uh he's suspected of drunk driving back in yonder times. We're talking well, like the, back when he was like a kid, you when know, he was like seven, in the forties or fifties. Okay, nah, sixties or seventies, man. Give him some credit. Whatever he wasn't that was. old. He was pretty old. Give him say sixties. So anyway, <laughs> he they say okay, what's your license or registration? He hands the driver. He hands his driver license over and then takes off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ha, "Fucking lost him." Lost the cop's him. sitting there with his license, like, "What an idiot!" I'm just gonna go so to his house. <laughs> so yeah, the cop was waiting for. He, so after he tried to lose the cop, he he drives home and found the cop there waiting for him. And he goes, "Okay, well, I guess that's up." <laughs> so that's kind of a weird one. <laughs> that's just a good story. I don't care. Um, we could talk about. Uh, let's see. The time Kurt Bush's ex-girlfriend was a trained assassin? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> that shit show. Uh, he testified... I'm reading this article from 2015 from ESPN, so there's obviously going to be problems with it because they know nothing about racing. Said he testified Tuesday, which was fucking January in 2015. He believes his ex-girlfriend is a trained assassin dispatched on covert missions around the world who once returned to him in a blood-spattered gown. Everyone on the Didn't outside... it turn out that that was true, though? <laughs> I don't know, but it would be great. It, it wasn't really true. She she played a good game, but she was just like a, a daughter of, her, of a was... rich... Her dad owned a, a company within the military-industrial complex, and that was like part of the sponsor and stuff, and she claimed that kind of stuff, but she never actually did I think it was just she that she was a complete psychopath. Yeah, she was definitely mental. Yeah. She was a mental I'm pretty patient. sure she's in jail now, though. Yeah, she I was in jail for some kind of fraud or whatever it is. It. Yeah, she's a mental patient. A day earlier, Bush said his ex-girlfriend told him she was a mercenary who killed people for a living and had shown him pictures of bodies with gunshot wounds, which you totally couldn't Google in 2015. <laughs> I could never find that on bestscore.com. Uh, really? Oh, anyway. Faces of death? What? Huh? That was like 90s shit, or 80s shit. That's old, <laughs> man. VHS day. You can rent that shit at the back room of the video store. <laughs> Not was... Blockbuster. I don't think you could get it there. It's the weirdo, like, independent ones. These statements made about being a trained assassin, hired killer, are ludicrous and without basis and are an attempt to destroy my credibility, she said. I was like, hmm, okay, so you're just a psychopath. Or Kurt was on drugs. Who the hell knows what happened? He was weird. I'm probably a little column A, a little column B back then. He was then. wild at some point. Like, he was out there. And I'm like, he's passing drug tests? That's weird. I mean, good for you, I guess, but whew, you're out there, man. Let's see, uh... Claim that a female character in Zero Dark Thirty was a film was a composite of her and other. Okay, all right, moving on. So, yeah, all right, you're not Zero Dark Thirty. All right, Jess, you got one, right? Uh, let's see which one you want to go to. Just here. use the one you're on. That's fine. Oh, uh, Mario Rossi. Yeah, yeah, Mario Rossi had he used to uh, be a big time crew chief, and um, he was uh, he, he like from the seventies and had Bobby Allison drive for him and. And he was a car owner too. Who most notable with like uh, the Superbird and everything. He had yeah, the, he had the, the twenty two car. Yeah, yeah, that twenty two car. And then he was very, very. Uh, yeah, you could see right here and there. Yeah, yeah, the twenty two car. Um, yeah. Let's see. Sometimes I guess um, he just fell off the face of the earth, like on New Year's Day in nineteen eighty three. It was just weird. They, See, his family received a phone call that he died in a plane crash in the Bahamas, 
and he was like 50 years old. But um, when the family tried to connect, or tried to collect on his insurance policy, the insurance company told him that that plane crash never took place, and the plane actually was sold. Yeah, the plane existed, but it never crashed, and it had been sold, and there was records of it being sold. Yeah, so... My, my theory is is he didn't want to deal with his family or life up there anymore, and he's like, screw this, I'm out of here. Left for the Bahamas, and was like, this is nice. Tell them I died. Yeah, but he was also involved in a drug smuggling ring in Florida, uh, connected with former crew chief Billy Harvey and driver Gary Ballou, who was the world's biggest asshole. Yeah, who Hot was for, Gary Ballou. Yep. Like the Batmobile was, 112, you figure in the 80s, he was good he, on dirt and he good won on like, asphalt. The guy won like a thousand races. He was he was an amazing driver and he had great mechanical sense, but he is the world's biggest asshole. So, so when you're involved in drug smuggling rings, you tend probably to disappear and never be seen again and your assets be sold off and whatever. They so you think he's off. in a think he's in a swamp in South Florida. I think somewhere. there's probably pieces of him floating around in the jungle of Columbia. That's my guess. Or that. I mean, that could happen. That's what my about guess. someone like uh, L.W. Wright, the most mysterious that's, NASCAR driver ever? That's a great story. Did you re- did you hear the uh Little snippet from what's his name? The Rick Houston. Rick the Houston. Vault. Rick Houston tracked the guy down, like he actually found him. He interviewed him for about three hours, and he's going to release it sometime, indeterminate amount of time until he figures out what to do with it. He, I think, because, he's going to write a book. Yeah, maybe write a book about it because, yeah. and he released a little bit of it, which was controversial because everyone's like, "Oh man, you got to put it out for free." You got to put the whole interview out Dude, for free, and it's like, man, are you kidding much, me, man? The man worked his butt off, and he's got so much time put into it. A man's time's worth all of as his money. As much as I want to hear the thing for free, this story, I'll pay whatever he wants for it. If he wants to not release it and turn it into a book, that's his prerogative. I mean, that's his work. I want to do. Audio, I would love um, for it to be like an Amazon special or something. Yeah, pay for like pay per view or something. You know, like you rent it or buy a movie or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he put the effort into it. It's worth whatever he wants for it and i'll be happy to pay for it what's but yeah his, he, he interviewed him for over three and a half hours and what's hilarious is the guy has the memorabilia to prove that it was him he has the driver's suit that you could see in the pictures and he has like stuff from that race still and his name is not even that far off i think it's larry wright yeah <laughs> how the hell nobody find him for god's sake hey, it was 40 years they didn't have google Nobody, if anybody doesn't understand the story of L.W. Wright, just Google it. I mean, oh, you're, yeah. t- you're talking about a guy who, this wild story of a guy who shows up at a NASCAR race with, like, no credentials and races and wrecks the car and then disappears. It and, was, a, it was a, in a car that was he bought, oh, quote-unquote, from, from Sterling and Cuckoo Marlin. Yeah. Pre- they had, all the he had prepared and all that shit. And they prepared yeah. it for him, and they provided crew and stuff for him, yeah. So he's just a thieving scumbag that wrote bad checks and just said, hey, got away with it. Yeah, and, his, <laughs> and, his, and he's another Jeremy Mayfield-like person. He's got all the excuses lined up. It's like, no, I had a sponsor back out when I wrote the checks and all this stuff, so I never got the money and this and that. I'm like, bull fucking shit on your excuses. Just admit it and get it off your conscience. He crashed like five or six times during that race. It's yeah, and he finally finished the thing yeah. off and then just bailed. It's like, if those checks were good... Do you th- like and you why had did the you money, not even talk? Why he didn't even did talk to his crew after he crashed? He's just he like, just grabs his shit and runs, runs out of the out race of track there before they could even talk. Oh to yeah, him. you were like, to- where'd he go? You were totally on the up and up guy. Yeah, you would. Yeah, okay. Sounds like an innocent man there. <laughs> 
just get it off your I'll chest. I think so. It's Scooter. past the point of the what's it the uh, uh, where it's legal. You can't get prosecuted for it now. Uh, that is the uh, statute of limitations. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. This is why I don't drink beers on the show, but I'm drinking. I'm drinking beer. I'm drinking Mick Ultras for Uncle John. So, if he loved I'm his uh, vitamin water, why with vodka? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's clean living now, so he can't do it. So, uh, when did Phil get all straight edge? What the fuck? <laughs> what a pussy! <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> Hardcore. There's okay. also um, speaking of the Yarbros. Do you have another one about? You got have one a story about, about the Yarbros. I got one about the uh, not Yarbros. Uh, um, I do have one old about racer. Uh, it's that time period. I'm sorry, I just totally screwed that transmission up. That's yeah, a, we're we're great. We're great at this. So. You're drinking beer, Brent. This is why I don't do it. I'm drinking beer. I'm like words are stupid. <laughs> beer is like, my like I said earlier. Life force. Belligerent amateurs. Fifty four percent. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Illiterate belligerent. Yeah, the beer, alcohol fuels my power cells. So yeah. Anyway, I got one about Leroy Yarbrough, who That's was who, one of top, yeah. NASCAR's top 50 years greatest drivers that's ever lived. And um, people don't realize this backstory yeah. of him. Yeah, he was he was really, really, really good. He won like... 14 total races, I think. He won like 14 races. He won seven in 1969. He won the 500, Daytona 500. Yeah, I mean, he won the Daytona 500. Daytona 500, the uh, World 600. 600. Oh, yeah, World 600 back then. And, and the Labor Day Classic... The, uh, oh, Firecracker 400. No, the... Uh, uh, Wait, that wasn't Darlington. Late back then. Oh, Darlington, the yeah, that's 500. right. Southern 500, I'm sorry. I get my schedules mixed up because NASCAR screwed with everything, and now I don't remember shit. Well, he was going great until he crashed hard testing tires at Texas World Speedway, which was fast as all get out. Oh, it was fast as fuck. It was basically a two-mile super speedway, and... Um, yeah, a lot of guys end their careers in practice crashes or die. So Yeah, he... <laughs> Yeah, he crashed hard, hard, hard. Yeah. And um, didn't even know where he was for a few days. A year later, because he, he used to drive IndyCars, too. He, he was 500 yeah, he did a lot rookie of, stuff. of the yeah. year, 69 or, or 68 or 69 or something. Yeah, he did a lot of different types and of racing. He was, and he, cra- he, had a, he was testing the uh, one of Dan Gurney's Eagles for the 570, mm-hmm. and he crashed so hard it split his helmet in half. Oh, man. And they did not have the helmets they have today. Bob Potter had that happen, too. He hit the wall of Waterford one time so hard it broke his helmet in half. Yeah, well. He hit his head on the wall, he said. And he was out cold. Oh, I don't doubt it. That happened a few times. Those helmets are garbage, too. But luckily for Potter, he didn't end up like Leroy Yarbrough because, you know, Leroy Yarbrough didn't know his left hand from his right hand. He didn't know nothing. And yeah, then he, he had then obvious, he had, very obvious CTE before people knew what it was. He also had a, maybe a tick bite that kind of goofed him up, gave him Rocky Mountain spotted fever or what whatever. What the hell is but, that? Jesus Christ. But after that, he just had like a bunch of headaches and stuff, and uh, he took a lot of painkillers and, and drank a bunch. And, Goody's headache powder and rotted you know, stomach he, like he, Richard Petty. Yeah, he tried to... You know, get back into driving, but he was just wild and erratic, and then you know, just be violent. He would just—it's like come out of nowhere. He would just like attack people. It's classic CTE. Look at Chris Benoit. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he ended up being like homeless or whatever, and he didn't have a dime to piss in. And um, Pot to in, piss in, in nineteen whatever. in nineteen eighty, he was arrested and charged with attacking his mother. He. Ugh. Tried to choke his mother out and uh, probably to death. Yeah, 
And, uh, well, the only way to get him off was the nephew smashed a, a jar of jelly on his head. Well, that's a thick glass jar, too. So, you know, there you go. Some more brain damage. Yeah, great. More. more. Yeah, let's just keep tacking on. Uh, well, I mean, you had his, to do his it. mom survived, thank God. Barely. And he ended up. Uh, he ended up being acquitted out of reasons of his sanity because of his head injuries and obvious CTE again. I'll say. Yeah. So he ended up dying in a in a mental institution in nineteen eighty five in nineteen eighty four. He was he was forty he was forty six. He had a few more head injuries in the hospital just from fighting and struggling and stuff. falling and yeah. So uh, yeah. That 46 was, years old, he died in a mental institution. You can't tell me those he head was, injuries were not a contributing yeah, factor he was, to it. He was oh God, yeah. a great driver, too, which is really, really just weird and sad. Yeah, I mean, head injuries and concussions are absolutely no joke. And Maybe that's what happened to John West Townley. Well, why don't we go into that one? Because a lot of people don't actually know. They remember John West Townley got killed in the, like he got shot, but they don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, people don't know the end of Leroy Yarbrough, and that's a sad, ridiculous story. But John West Townley takes the cake. Yeah. I mean, he was... Uh, John, John, John Rex Weekly. John Rex Weekly, yeah. His dad owned Zaxby's or something. His family owned a chicken restaurant, so he always had money to race. And uh, he was killed after, I believe, he got a into... A domestic dispute. A domestic dispute because he showed up at his ex-wife or his soon-to-be ex-wife's house, and she had a boyfriend, and he showed up with a hatchet. He smashed it through the door and goes, here's Johnny. Did he? I don't know. Well, that would be pretty <laughs> cool. be funnier if he did, but. Uh, the boyfriend, um, yeah, the boyfriend opened fire on him when he attacked both of them with a hatchet. It's like, holy crap. Uh, yeah, the guy took his gun out and put one in his chest and Townley went down and that's why he died. Like, people don't understand that he was actually attacking people with an axe. It's like, oh boy! He brought a sharp knife to a gunfight. <laughs> a big. Where's the rib of... shot? Where's the rib shot? Uh, oh wait, rib shot? No, I'm sorry. Did, did he steal the the hatchet from the chicken farm? <laughs> the one they used to cut the heads off. <laughs> that was his job. No wonder he's insane. There's so many chickens. I would be too if I had to do that all day. So many chickens. <laughs> they made. By it the way, Zaxby's Zaxby sauce is really freaking good. I don't have a Zaxby's around here. I think that's more of a southern thing. I got one right over there. Really? Right down the road. Jeez. I should make plans to visit just to go to Zaxby's. I got a Zaxby's, a Bojangles. I've never been there uh, either. <laughs> steak and Shake. Dude, I just went to North Carolina this year. I didn't go to any of these places, and I know they have them. Parties? Yep. It's all here. Didn't it's go all there. Great. <laughs> I didn't go there either. I haven't been to a McDonald's or a Burger King in probably five or six years. You're better off because it's awful. <laughs> McDonald's isn't even actually food. <laughs> it's really it's not. not. It's literally not food. <laughs> Everything's I sticky. It's, I it's mean, horse meat. It's it's so awful. You walk in there and you ju- you use the touch screen thing. It's some kind of microplastic like, breading or something. <laughs> it's it's just like, weird. Yeah, it's, it's old sponges they ground up and dyed a different color. I will say Waffle House takes the cake on all of that as far as greasy. They oh, just boy. rebuilt the Waffle House near my house, and I'm pretty sure before they opened the place, they went in there with a hose and sprayed grease all over everything. <laughs> now everything's sticky and that's, weird. That's it, where you could yeah. find the next serial killer. You look at a Waffle House somewhere down in the south at 3 in the morning. You'll oh, find them. Oh, my God. Yeah, wearing a poncho. I walk into Waffle House, and they know my odor. 
It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. Not as not not that bad though. Oh, by the way, do uh, you remember? Here's a. I think we would probably finish this out on the. Uh, remember Mike Harmon getting arrested for theft of Jennifer Joe Cobb's trailer? Uh, I was gonna say, which time did Mike Harmon get arrested? Not the Applebee's incident. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is what happens when we don't have any racing. <laughs> I mean, I think we got water. Oh, we for have racing. About, I, I have it. racing. I got Oxford two fifty. I got Waterford. I got <laughs> Daytona. I got all sorts of stuff to talk about. What happened? What Stafford brings out? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you remember that it was like twenty thirteen. He got arrested for allegedly stealing her hauler. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? <sighs> I don't like know. Like Sands of the Allegress, so are the days of our back markers. And then his stuff got stolen, and that was like a few years later, and it's like, Jesus Christ, guy. Why is this only happening to you and not other people? That just kind of is throwing red flags at me. I gotta pay. <laughs> I, I know someone that worked for Mike Harmon for a couple of years, and he said it's an absolute shit show nonstop. <laughs> I hope they got out of there immediately. If I think not they're sooner. currently working for Roush Fenway, Kozlowski, whatever other RFK do it this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, better for them, I suppose. Jesus. Anyway, why don't we move into local stuff instead? Of, I think we're an over an hour in already, and <laughs> hour two. That's hilarious. We haven't even actually covered any racing yet, but we've been. You know what? This is fun. Forget. I don't give a shit. It's my show. I'll do whatever I want. All right, so Stafford rained out this week, and it was good reason because we had some serious storms blow through right at what would be race time. I know I'm, like, a little further south, but I looked at the radar, and they were getting hammered. Uh, I had all my tomato plants blow over on my porch, and I lost, like, 20 tomatoes, so I'm pissed about that. So that was our Stafford update for this week. It was only, like, the second time that they've rained out all year long. So... I was laughing at all the people complaining, oh, Stafford rained out for the second time this year. I'm like, yeah, move to Florida. Fuck you. Yeah, it wasn't the eighth time this year. It was the second grow up. They pencil these in. It's like uh, This has actually been a pretty damn good year, knock on wood. Yeah, it's like schools. They have a specific number of snow days built into the year. And if they actually don't reach that number... They give you days off because they had them written in already. That's kind of like what Stafford has with rainouts. They just haven't had them rain out, you know, but they don't give you the day off because they didn't get a specific number of rainouts. That would be stupid. All right. But Waterford did run. They ran on Saturday night, which was rain free. I think I wasn't there. It wasn't my turn to film this week. But I got to watch the races over at uh, youtube.com slash history. You can watch them literally the day after if you want. It's separate or, from Sid's view. Yes, it is separate from Sid's view. That's why I gave you the URL. Uh, it's the same person, but it's a different channel because it's, you know, just they're segregating it for ease of use or something, I guess. Because then you wouldn't have to flip through a one page and go through all sorts of shit. So anyway. Because um, making a playlist on YouTube is too complicated. <laughs> I don't like doing it. I'm lazy. Uh, well, they had nostalgia night. Uh, let me go through this because I think we had a couple, or at least one first time winner. Uh, yep, that was it. Anyway, we could talk about that. Legends cars ran first, I think, because that's what I watched first. 
I'll just say they ran first. I don't know. They had a decent car count. It picked up from last time because they only had like seven cars last time. It was up back over 14 or something. So they came back. Like I said, okay. you got you to give the INEX sanction a little bit of time because when you're out of having that sanction or any sanction for a while, it takes people a little while to figure out that you're doing it because some people just don't pay attention. And um, you just got to get them back. And there was a few new cars there this week. So Riley Paul led the field to green with Dylan Cody and Dylan Freeman battling side by side for second. Stayed that way for quite a while. Well, not quite a while. Uh, it was a few laps at least, though. Until Cody started gaining momentum on the top side. Got by, uh, well, who was it? Paul for the lead. Two laps later, Freeman dive-bombed Paul into three. Knocked the 91 around. And Brody Monahan tried to miss high. Caught the back of the Paul machine. And absolutely clobbered the outside wall. That was a pretty hard hit. Uh, I, did, I didn't get to watch it yet. Go check it out at uh, YouTube.com slash History. <laughs> How do you think I prepare for the show when I'm not filming? I go watch that. Anyway, um, let's see here. Yeah, he hit the wall hard. A handful of laps later and, and another wreck and turn one would spun, spin uh, two cars out, put Scott Limpkin in the wall as the third party. Uh, Cody had to run very hard to hold off Jace Monaghan. Oh, Mon, Monjun? Monjun? I can't pronounce his last name. It's M-O-N-G-E-O-N. Monjun? Mon, I can't. Your, Sorry your if I. Is as good as mine. All right, I butchered it, and I apologize. It's a silent N. Manje. Good enough. <laughs> it was only his second. Young? Well, it was only a second speed bowl race, but he was really fast and already challenging for the lead. Uh, he was breathing down Cody's neck from like the whole race, and but Cody was able to hang on and win his first career race. So Dylan, that kid's been working at that for a while. He's been been busting his ass. So it's cool to see him get the first win. Yeah, he's raced on our uh, league in iRacing a few times, right? And Jake's league stuff like that. I think he, I think he's part of the whole Monahan group over there. So he's got good people around him. Yeah, good resources and stuff. Well, if your name is that close to the spelling, why don't you just change it to Monahan? No, no, no. It's it's we're talking about Dylan Cody, not oh. not the Jason Monaghan. Get your oh, name. my bad. Mon- I, I think he's a uh, some kind of paint artist. Uh, does helmets or something? I've seen some stuff on Facebook. I follow him on Facebook. Does I'll have to check cool it out. Stuff. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That'd be interesting. All right, mini stocks. Wayne Taylor led the field to green, but it wasn't long before Jesse Olaski would take the lead. It was like half a half of a lap or something. Uh, and in that time. In the same amount of time, I should say, that it took Olaski to claim the top spot, Charlie Canfield would take it from him. The lead literally changed twice in less time than it took to write this into my notes. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was sitting there typing my notes as it's going, and I'm like, well, okay, I'll add this in. Anyway, Tom Silva stormed through the field as he challenged Olaski for second. Olaski spun without contact to bring out the yellow. Canfield would shake off the challenges by Silva early, and the field would single file out, but another caution for Olaski spinning uh, would change the complexion of the race as Silva would hold strong on the bottom under Canfield as they battled for the lead. Well, this is why you don't pick the top unless you're an SK. Any SK, really. Uh, Even a late model sometimes, but not all the time, I don't think. Fender cars typically can hold the bottom at Waterford. It bites you because... It can, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> again, uh, let's see here. Where was I? <laughs> but they battled for the lead, and uh, Silva eventually got by with only a handful of laps to go, and Sam Messick tried to follow him through. That side-by-side battle would allow Tommy Silva to get away, and he would take down the win. Oh, that's too quiet. <laughs> there we go. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> we tried to squeeze that in, but damn it, they had a quiet, quiet Ugh. clip on us. That sucked. Hate it when it's quiet. Do like better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> SK Lights. All right, let's go into this one. Be more funny. Nick Hovey, who just sold all his other equipment, uh, led the field to green. I believe he sold the street stocks, uh, late model. He's up for sale. I think they're just going to go SK light racing or or, some, or SK racing. Some kind of open wheel. I'm not sure at this point because they haven't said anything. But they have just, like three of them now. I guess. Do he's they? Got a, I don't even know. He's got a stockpile on, on, on right front suspension parts. You got to if you're going to run one of those. Frame savers, bumper bars, uh, right front suspension, wheels. <laughs> entire chassis. In, yeah, entire. Uh, maybe just get a jig. You'll be fine. Clips. All right. So, yeah. It's, it's, it adds up. <laughs> it's, it's not cheap. He led the field to green and immediately was under fire from Zach Sangermano and Evan Burgoyce. After a handful of laps, Sangermano took his car to the bottom and committed to running down there. And they battled side by side for the lead for uh, numerous laps. Uh, Sangermano's persistence paid off, and he eventually got by Hovey on the bottom for the lead after a clean battle. He ran off to a comfortable lead. This was a pretty clean race. I think it went mostly green to checkered. And uh, Sangermano... It's amazing what happens when you have spotters. Isn't it, though? Hmm. Uh, Sangermano yeah. would pick up his second career win, which is pretty awesome. He got his first only a few weeks back, probably less than a month. Um, Hovey's gonna break through and get a win soon. He, he has to. He has he's so to. he's so good for for the limited seat time he has in one of those things. Yeah. The kid's just a natural shoe. I'd like to see him take the car up to Stafford, but man, you're up against a lot of money in those cars up there. You know, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, it's better to probably learn at a smaller track. I, I think his Waterford luck is a lot better than his Stafford luck <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, yeah I would. I would take the rest of the year off from Stafford. Yeah, let's let just hit the reset button on that one next yeah. year and just see what happens because that's usually what happens. You take the off season off. You just kind of work and it, your luck kind of turns around. So it happens. Shit just goes wry sometimes. All right, SKs. This was just a two car race, honestly. <laughs> Not because there was only two cars, but because Anthony Flannery led the field to green. He and Todd Owen, who uh, are the same team, essentially, would take off and run away. But that was halted six laps in for a caution from Eric Burnt spun by himself in turn one, which is strange. Uh, the rest of the race was a mirror image of the start with the chassis pro cars taking off from the rest of the pack, running their own race. Owen was uh, persist. He was pestering the back bumper of Flannery all race long. By the way, a uh, quick shout out here to an, a listener and friend of the podcast, uh, Adam Gata. He finished sixth. They've been showing speed all year. They've been slowly picking it up, and I've seen him uh, running with guys and being able to run with guys who have proven to be contenders. So it's been very nice to see. So. 
kudos to those guys. They're really starting to put something together, I think. And I believe completely homegrown team too. It is, yeah. They they build all their own stuff, all in house, completely. He makes his own parts, which is crazy. Literally making their own parts, like they build their own things. I mean, it's almost like Todd Owen, but Todd kind of builds chassis for a business. So I mean, but he also designed his own chassis as well. So I think Joey Gator, Joey Gator, was the only car I could see that was able to pass cars on the bottom. I think, which is so weird to me to, to ever think that SK would not want to hug the bottom, like it was hug the white line, like it was like a coke fiend. You know, you um, know? it's crazy. I was going to say the, scared toddler to its mother, but you know, <laughs> the white line definitely. Coke. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was actually. Weird. I read that it was Dennis Gate in the six car though. Yeah, I think that's true. No, Joey, whatever car Joey Gated. What is Joey Gated? Six. So Joey drives a six at, car, the red car. Let me look at the results, because I actually looked at this the I other day. I thought he was in a different car. but Joey has a six car. It's the red one. Yeah. I heard it was Dennis in that car, though. <laughs> SK modified feature. I mean, who better to put in it? I mean, the guy's won seven titles or something, right? Yeah. Well, it would still make sense either way. So Didn't matter. Joey's you know. completely capable as well. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Where oh, was father. I? Jens Gator, Joey Gator, Wally Gator, Alley Gator. I don't know. <laughs> you can run you get all these Gators here. Name them all. Just <laughs> you forget Mike. Michael Gator. Don't there you forget go. Him. Yeah, don't forget Mike. And Bobby and Bob. Right. All right. Let's go <laughs> back. Christ. Back to the Chassis Pro show. With only a few laps to go, Flannery started coming off his line to protect, and that gave Owen the chance he needed to make a run to the bottom. And on the last lap, he gained enough to take command going into three and take the win from his teammate. Uh, I watched the rest of the video, and Todd walks over to him. I was like, what were you doing? And Flannery admitted. He's like, I was being stupid. I was protecting instead of running my own line. So they admitted to it, and it's like, whatever. Well, that's good. He, could, he, yeah. he, he learned something. Yeah. And it was an entertaining race, actually. And it's not like Anthony Flannery doesn't know his way around the speed bowl. He's one of the winningest drivers in one year at that racetrack. I think he's old as a he's he's close to the top of the list when it comes to um, most wins in one season. You know. Um, so anyway, it was Dennis Gate in the six. Oh, okay then. Right on. There you go. All oh, right, man. So that was pretty much it for local racing. I mean, I could cover Seekonk, obviously. I don't have... How about the Oxford 250? I can cover that. Okay. Um, anyway, um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to coordinate in the background here. And we don't I, do I New really Hampshire do, and stuff I like that. I do want to so. cover Seekonk. I do, because they're so close. But I have no video to watch, because I can't make it there on Saturdays most of the time. I want to, and I probably could, but it would be difficult for me to make it there. And I don't get any reports, and I really want to. It's just hard to do like a like a, a press release rundown that you that you can't. What are we going to add to that's any different than you could read on Facebook or whatever for release from the track? You know, it's it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Junior's in the other room. Oh, it's the hallway. I'm sorry, Jesus. You know, we should we should ask Kevin's uh kid Junior there to uh to write up some write-ups every week for us. Oh, Kevin Junior uh, Boucher Junior? Yeah. Okay. 
Or I could just read their write-ups, but that's kind of cheesy. But I mean, do they put? Do they even put out write-ups? I haven't seen it. I think they do individual stuff, like per division. Oh, okay. Yeah, not sure, but anyway. I know Nick Tito for a while used to go up there and video. I, I haven't seen any videos from him in a while though. Mm. Anyway, we ought to talk about the Oxford Two Fifty because let's be honest here, there isn't much bigger races and short track racing than the Oxford Two Fifty. In the country, you know, even in Canada. Yeah, this is a nationwide event. Yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. What's that place in Canada that just shut down? Jucasa. They were supposed to have some giant thing, and they they shut down. But now it's like, yeah, the Oxford Two Fifty is one of the biggest races for short trackers in the country. So, what what's the purse on that race? I will let you know in a minute. Ooh. I selfishly just want to know if the Bigley Memorial here in Florida is is more because it's we, more than the snowball. We will get there because lap money does count. So we're gonna go. Ah, we're gonna go in. Money. They have lap money, so I'm gonna go into that. I believe there was a driver who actually won like uh, eight thousand dollars in lap money, but uh, I don't even think he finished. So, oh, producer Junior's entered the studio for a moment. Um, okay, so. We were talking about the Oxford 250. Oh, she's got to ask Jesse some stuff here. Sorry. Could you, um, <laughs> anyway. Um, straight, please? Sure. Uh, Canadian Cole Butcher. That's a great last name. Quote, unquote. Oh, what's that? Patrick's calling me. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Just text him when you, you know, get a chance. But anyway, Canadian Cole Butcher, quote, unquote. And this is not my quote. Harpoons. Johnny Clark with eight laps to go is not. It's not my quote. That's a great quote. Johnny Clark quoted that is not penalized for spinning the leader and wins the Oxford 250 in front of a crowd of angry fans who booed him when he stepped out of the race car. However, uh, some people say, and a lot of people at that, uh, that it was an incident where Clark ran into a wayward lapped car. And Clark was pretty pissed about that as well. And the stack-up caused Butcher to run into the back of Clark and caused him to spin, which I don't... Again, I wouldn't want to make that call if that's the case. Um, so I don't really know what to believe. Uh, Clark was interviewed afterwards and stated he feels like he got robbed. Butcher wasn't penalized for dumping him out of the lead, but Clark was penalized for retaliation after the race. Again, I would have to see it to make a judgment call. I have not seen a video of it. I might have. Oh, did Randy have it? More on that later. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we don't see it there. Let's see if there's another replay. This is uh, Roughing Fender's guy, Road Soda Randy, the show that I've never listened to. Roughing Fender's podcast. Yeah, whatever. It's actually a good show. All right, whatever. Uh, I don't listen to other ones just because I don't feel like trying to compare myself to others so i like it's entertaining but as long um, as it's entertaining and people like it i don't uh, care more entertaining than us do your thing i don't care Um, Uh, i listen to them bfp i like all of them actually i think they're so anyway while jesse finds it uh Uh, i don't see butcher was the first Mm, cole butcher i should say i should say his full name cole butcher was the first canadian to win since 1995 when dave whitlock won the race and this year's winner's purse all right, anybody want to guess what he took home for the winner? $35,000. All right, Phil. He's looking 28. Both have gone over. Uh, he took home 
$25,900. Okay. That's actually pretty decent. It's a good purse. Pretty decent. Twenty-five grand for a, a super late model race in this country is pretty good. We're not how, how we're does not counting a dirt. race here in Redneckville, USA. Beat out all these bigger races. All right, how much is the Bigley Memorial to win? Thirty-five grand to win. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and a thirty-five hundred dollar pole award. Mm. Incentive. I like it. Yes, I love incentive. And it's um, two weeks before the snowball. <laughs> really. Yeah. That's a good tune-up race though. Take I that. hope we get some good cars this year. Last year it was only 10 grand to win and Daryl Gwynn put like an extra 5 grand in to make it 15 grand. Man, that and guy's still around, huh? Damn, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's I guess they're trying to open up a brand new drag strip down here too now that Palm Beach is gone, but Well, who knows what's going to happen with that? It's Florida. I mean, what's that one that just went to concrete that's kind of near you? It's no Bradenton. Oh, Bradenton. Yeah, they went yep. to concrete and they put a whole shitload of, of uh, grandstands in. So I wonder if they're going to try to pick up an NHRA date. Yeah, those are the grandstands from uh, from Palm Beach. Really? Oh, shit. And they yep, just they put, went down there and they put like, like vultures. A, they put like a Go million. Oh, go ahead. Nope, wait, no, they put waiting, like a million freaking dollars into that surface. So we never talk yeah. in HRA or drag racing. I mean, it's, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Thousand foot is not relevant anymore. Sorry. Don't, I don't care. No, a thousand feet is pussy shit. So we're not doing that. <laughs> we stopped watching well, the NHRA when they went to a thousand feet as a knee jerk reaction to a shitty racetrack that is now closed. So I did like the history of it, but. And it shouldn't have been shut down, but let's be fair. You could have fixed it. All right. Uh, anyway, I was talking about the Oxford 250. Okay, so from what I gather, this was an Oxford 250 that was still pretty exciting and interesting. Crowd looked good. Count was good. Pay-per-view was uh, far too expensive, but the Oxford 250 is a crown jewel event, bar none. I don't care what anybody says. Speed 51, such a ripoff. <laughs> I don't want to bitch about it either. I really don't want to bitch about having the oh, option. Yeah. And I don't know how much the tickets were to go there. I'm sorry, but yeah. Phil's not wrong. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate I said it last I week. I appreciate what Speed 51 does. But God damn it, it's not worth the price you're charging. It, especially it with the yearly cost that you have to be with to sign up for it. It and should be 75% of a day ticket. Because, because you're, you're not getting the yeah. sights, sounds, and smells. But they might be taking over over the top and giving that whatever to the track. And yeah, I mean, I don't they, know. How they it do works, give some to the track. The I, I get it. Yeah, I'm and just I want bitching to. to bitch, but I want to yeah. support it. But man, fifty bucks for a pay per view for that is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And you know. the racetrack, yeah, I can't spend $40 a day to watch uh, North, North Wilkesboro. And I want to support them so much, but God damn it, if I watched the Oxford 250 and both races at North Wilkesboro I'm this broke. week, that would be $90 a Except week. on Race XR Plus, you can watch Wilkesboro for the entire month for $39.99 instead of twenty four ninety nine a day. Or I could just grab your login info and watch it, but... Well, yeah. I pay for flow and speed fifty one and all this shit. So give me a break. I'm not. I'm I, not a complete cheapskate here. I don't pay for speed fifty one monthly subscription anymore. I do pay for their pay per views when it's a race well, like Thompson when I want to watch. Like I said last week, I paid upfront because it was cheaper for 
everything at once because I figured I'd be using it, but I'm not. So that sucks. Well, you don't you don't need to have the subscription to do the pay per views. That's something they don't tell you. What the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> Damn it! I figured it out one day. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, that sucks. Whoops. Oh well. All right, what's happening here? Jesse's pointing or watching. What the hell is that? Oh, we have a call. Just accept it, and we'll figure it out. What the hell? Why is it still going off? I'm sorry, folks. This is all dead air. I don't understand what's going on. What's happening? So we we seem to be getting a call. <laughs> Jesse, it's, answer the phone. Well, it looks like we have answer. our first caller, and I mean ever because Just this answer is not it. a call-in show. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, Kent. Hello. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Hold it up to your mic so we can hear him. How we doing? Uh, good. I may have to hold you to the mic because we're having computer problems. So this go is ahead. par for the course for us. I tried answering to it on the computer. It goes. It starts becoming like ridiculous. It says something went wrong. <laughs> awesome. So ignore my face. I will. Okay. okay so. You're on the air, sir. Hello. You're, hello. Hello, caller. Your name and where are you calling from? Really? You're going to do that to me? You're on the air, sir. You are live. Sir, you're live. <laughs> oh, I can almost hear Brent. How's it going, guys? We, we know the voice. We don't have to guess who it is. Yeah, we know the voice. By okay. personal demand, it is Chuck McDonald. <laughs> yes, caller. You're alive. Very hard to hear you guys. Sorry, you're on the air. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm good. So, Brent, I cannot hear it all. I can hear like an echo in the background, but that's it. I was just calling in to give my personal updates. Yes. The world is waiting for you. So, well, first of all, Wednesday night, we uh, we had the big X-Car race that you guys gave a shout-out for, which we appreciate. Uh, it was a very successful night. Started 19 cars that night, so we do appreciate it. Um... Then we went to Oxford Plains on Friday night, ran the Rebels race, finished 14th there, and then we ran the Cruisers race and finished 9th. However, the reason I'm calling is Mr. Jocks, Jakes, Jocks, Jakes, whatever his name is, challenged me to come to down to Florida next year. Jacques. Well, we're going it's to New Smyrna. Block Jacques Shalak. On Speed Weeks, we will be in New Smyrna, and if we can schedule it right, we're going to look at going to the Freedom Factory the week before as well. Nice. So, My apologies, Mr. Folks. Phil... Challenge accepted. He said nice, by the way. What's that? He said nice. Nice. He, On that note, he, are, he already sent me a message during the week. My playoff game. <laughs> so I do have to get going, but I did want to call in and give Phil my answer to his challenge from last week. So, Very good. Yeah, Phil accepts your challenge and uh, looks forward to seeing you there, I think. All right, well, we will see you down there. I will make time to find a way to get to see him while I'm down there. My man. All right. All right, you guys have a wonderful night. And All right. You as well. Take care of yourself, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Later, man. All right. Oddly enough, a discussion that did pop up at uh, Top Golf this weekend was uh, taking all the RFD Motorsports cars and invading Speed Weeks Roger. for uh, the sportsman races. So it'll be cool to see Chuck there, too. Does anybody want to know how stupid I am? Yes. <laughs> I have a 
setup here for my mixer yes. where I can actually Thank plug a cell phone, phone in to the board. Good job, and uh, I unplugged it, and then we got Thank a phone you, call. So I'm just going to screw freaking put that back in just in case this happens again. So my apologies, folks. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we were very ill-prepared. That's just going to be the name of the show is just ill-prepared. Because <laughs> we're doing so poorly this week. We got phones ringing. We got people interrupting. We got phone calls coming in where we don't are, we're not a call-in show, and we played the Simpsons reference for that. So... I'm pretty tired. <laughs> think I'll go home now. <laughs> Forescope is getting me through this show. Uh, wait, what was Belligerent Illiterates? Is that a good name for the show? Yeah, pretty there good. We belligerent go. Amateurs. I'd just call it Belligerent Illiterates. And when we belligerent, both belligerent Illiterate Amateurs slurring on radio and we're coming on to yeah we're figuring out as we're as we're going so this is a fucking shit show jesus christ how far are we into this pile of shit anyway Only an hour and 20 minutes hour and 28 got it great awesome we're doing very well so anyway again i don't know what happened there at the oxford 250 but uh oh here oh did you find it 50 lap races up in the Maritimes, speaking Why do they have the most southern man in the world broadcasting a show from Maine? The last time a Canadian won the Oxford 250 was back in 1995. Leaders in heavy traffic battle for third up at the upper left. Here comes Cole Butcher up to the outside of Johnny Clark. That's the battle for the lead coming around this side well, for 10 tried. laps to go. Oh, this is going to happen in two more laps, by the way. It happens eight to go, Three wide through the lap traffic. Butcher is that Mike Scorzelli? good up in that third groove. 18 car? And he's going to follow. So. Hey, pretty awesome. Johnny he Clark made the 250. The That's pretty cool. It'll be nine laps to go this time around. Remember, All right. So we're watching Butcher this race, and we're trying to figure out what exactly happened because somebody the posted the final lap, so. which is, thank you, he whoever right did that. There on Do you have Johnny a screen Clark. name on YouTube and who again, did that? Because I mentioned, they're going to be in lap traffic the rest of this race. Damn it, rewind, 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 rewind. No, the five Caution. seconds. Here with nine laps to go. I missed Here it. Here in the last 50 laps or so. He is right there on, on Johnny hope... Clark. Oh, Phil can't watch And again, watch this as game. I mentioned, they're going to be in lap traffic the rest of this race. Right now, Jimmy Heber. Oh, yep. You know what? Johnny he ran Clark. into Jimmy Heber Clark and Cole Butcher hit him. That's. It just stacked up. Here That's pretty easy again, call by me. What do you think? They're going to be in lap traffic the rest of this Jimmy race. Heber stopped. Right now, and everyone just stopped. That's Jimmy a accordion effect. Yeah, I mean, Caution. I don't really blame Here Cole Butcher for that. I don't even blame Jimmy Heber because he could have been tight. Wow. I mean, it's, there's a reason why Jimmy Hebert's being lapped. Number one. Yeah, he must have late, had a tight it's condition. very, very late in the race. They probably only pit once. Burned the right front of it off. And, He's and typically an ACT guy. He probably is not used to racing with something this long. He made so, it in the Oxford 250. That's pretty cool. I can almost see, you know, I can almost yeah see that being a no call. Okay. Yeah, I can understand it. I mean, he hit him, and then Butcher was on his ass trying to get by him for the lead, and he never... I didn't see any contact from Butcher before that at any point, did you? I mean, I saw him try to dive to the outside and get a run on him no, and try to get yeah, by him. No, yeah, I didn't see anything he there, didn't, so... He didn't do any... I don't really see where Cole Butcher did anything wrong there. I think the real controversy is is uh, the 54 Johnny Clark uh, was really upset at the 58. Of Johnny Hebert. He was really upset at him. 
Yeah, he, he was. That he was the focus that. of his rage. He was very angry, but he was also very angry at being spun out of the lead and not penalized for it. And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, it really wasn't. It was kind of faultless behind you. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. hard racing. I would hate to make WWTD. WWTD. What would Tapley do? That's a good question. Yeah, it's very tough to judge because I'm thinking he puts him to the back because they have a no fault rule at Stafford. But yeah, if you spin the you leader, know. you go to the back regardless. But I mean, it's yeah. I don't um, really, I don't really hate the no call there either, to be honest, because it was a stack up. It was just kind of an incident, and that it wasn't aggressive driving. It I mean, was, or over aggressive. I mean, I say throw the caution. He did a 360, so leave the guy in second or wherever you he know? blended. Or wherever he blended. Yep. I wouldn't even put him to the end of the line. I don't mind a blend rule. Yeah, I don't mind it either because I got sent to the back when I didn't stop once. Yeah. And I didn't cause the yellow. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was also going to say the reason they had Alan Dietz on the call is because he speaks kind of slow and Canadian people are kind of slow. So. Yeah, but oh, so they polite. can catch up. Okay. My family's from freaking Canada, I can say it. Okay. Well, they seem polite, don't they? All right. They're so, polite, but they're slow. They're slow. <laughs> they apologize a lot. Oh, sorry, eh? Can't as as stop being sorry. As long as they're not sodomists, then I guess we're all right with it. Yeah, stop being sorry. Uh, okay, sodomists. so why don't we move into some national stuff instead? All right, so <clears throat> pardon me, but uh, in a Do we move, have to? Well, we got some interesting stuff to talk about before talking about Daytona that's not Ricky Stenhouse's house being squatted on by people who try to steal his property away from him and think they don't... The laws don't apply to them, even though they live in this country. Um, <laughs> in a move that pleases all longtime NASCAR fans, no, they didn't get rid of the playoffs. Uh, hmm. Second best is Tool Brand Craftsman has been renamed as the title sponsor of the NASCAR uh, Truck Series for next season. It will again be called the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Uh, Thank it, God. It was the title sponsor for the series from its inception in 1995. Until they left after the 2008 season, so they're coming back. I was at Lowe's the other day, and that's boy, cool. Do they sell a lot of Craftsman tools at Lowe's? I'll be honest. Ace does with you. too. Ace does too. Yeah, they're like a bespoke brand now. They're not Sears only, <laughs> which is good kinda... because Sears is dead. Correct. <laughs> they had to do can, something. Can you about still it. Re- return your old Craftsman tools and get free replacements? No idea. I think that was a Sears thing, but I bet you they they don't do that anymore. I have a snap on oh. ratchet. I have a snap on ratchet. I should bring it to the truck. I bet you it's thirty years old and it's broken. I'd if it's like, lasted yeah, until now, this. it's going to last forever. But other than that, I think it's a one year warranty. The, the hand, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a bunch of companies that'll do that. I know Estwing is a very popular and uh, decent tool company, and they they make like hammers like contractors, hammers and stuff, you can have one that's 40, 50 years old. If you break it, they'll honor it, and they'll give you a new one. Like, Gear wrench was like that. I don't know if they still are, but they were for a while. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day? I was thinking, like, car warranties and stuff because I saw an electric car battery, um, like, replacement bill that was floating around on Facebook. And I was like, I remember when Chrysler had, and Jesse might remember this, lifetime warranty. Ooh, I don't think so. Do you remember that <laughs> when they when they were selling cars and offering a lifetime warranty on the car? Yes, it I, was very brief. So. It was brief, but uh, lifetime was a lot of dark print that was like six point font or negative six point font, where life was 
a hundred thousand miles or something <laughs> and maybe 15 years if that um yeah that's desperate i mean look at kia kia uh did like a 10 or 15 year warranty and they almost went broke <laughs> doing 10 year hundred thousand yeah. uh, miles Kia did that just to get a foothold in the market, and it almost bankrupted them. But doing now that, Kia is probably one of the best Korean cars out there. Doing that, they <laughs> next actually, to what Daewoo? <laughs> what are the Korean? Oh, Hyundai, I think is Korean as well. Hyundai, but they also oh, are the same company now. So I mean, Hyundai I, stands for "Hope You Understand Nothing's Drivable and Inexpensive." <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> wow you know what's funny is when that I makes was... the ford acronyms look like dog crap <laughs> i know right you actually had to put thought behind that one yeah. honda had one never did again nope that's like subaru but i wish i could come up with an acronym that said the same thing yeah. corvette um, cracks off and rattles violently eventually turns to excrement i could go on forever yeah, Jesus works. christ yeah all day i dream about sex and all day <laughs> i dream about sex and all day I was very bored in auto class when I was in high school. I was uh, I was actually looking at my Jeep at CarMax, and I was looking at a Kia something or other, and I was like, wow, this thing's actually a pretty nice thing to be in, because I was like surprised at how nice it was. I took it on the test drive until I opened the hood, and I'm like, holy shit, the metal is a poor quality under here. It looks like shit. Took the Jeep on a test drive. I was like, this does everything just a little bit better. Every single thing a little bit better. And I'm like, I'll just buy the Jeep. But anyway, we're not talking about new cars and stuff. So The funny thing is the Jeep's probably made with Korean pop metal, too. <laughs> probably is. Who the hell knows? USA made with global parts. Right. And so it's all crap in the lowest bidder, <laughs> like my mail truck. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm shocked that thing hasn't burst into flames like all the rest of them yet. And yeah. I'm shocked UPS carriers. Sorry about you guys, but. I'm surprised you guys haven't just burst into flames as, you know, spontaneous human combustion because you're in a hot truck for fucking 12 hours a day. Yeah, I'd maybe want to set mine on fire. <laughs> oh, man, I got to go home. My truck burned down. How did it burn down? There's, like, burn marks. It shut up. Uh, I don't know. It's got five. It's got 600,000 miles, and it smells like cancer. I don't know how it burned down. <laughs> what does cancer smell like, Jesse? Uh, burning tires and Cigarettes, diesel fuel. Ass. Fair. Diesel fuel, yeah. Cigarettes, acid, diesel fuel. Yeah, they took <laughs> my they took my truck away from me at work because they're like, "You're putting too many miles on it, so we're gonna switch it out for a truck with less miles." And I got a bigger piece of shit than what I had. Like, oh, thanks. Anyway, we're talking about Daytona. All right, here's the. Uh... I'm gonna freshen my beverage up while you <laughs> while you do this. You need to for this one. Oh boy, yeah, this, this is gonna be good. Day. Okay, Xfinity series. We'll talk about that first because. Uh, it looked like it was going really well just for a long time, and then all of a sudden it got really bad really quickly. Really bad. Really bad. Like, I, I re-watched it at Jesse's house yesterday, and I'm like, this is way worse than I remember. Like, I thought this was bad, but this is worse than I remember, and I saw it a day ago. Like, it was bad. I like, genuinely bad. It got to the second green-white checker, and I was mad that I stayed up to watch it, but I still stayed up to watch the last one because I'd be even madder if I missed the shit show that that was. Yeah, I had to work, so I went to bed like right as the Xfinity Series race was starting because they had that big rain delay, and it's Florida. So they, they didn't even end until, what, 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. Yeah. So it started at, like, 10.45, and since I'm an old man, I have to get up at 6 a.m. for, you know work um, i was up at six 
Yeah, but I didn't want to get up at 6. I wanted to stay in bed, but I had to because I work. Anyway, uh, nothing major happened, like I said, until like 31 laps to go when Riley Herbst lost a left rear tire while in fourth. He got out of line, then the tire came apart, and he spun into the infield by himself so as to not crash anybody else, which I thought was actually a decent move from terrible Herbst himself. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that kid is bad. Well, he wrecked about four... Good job by him. He he didn't wreck at all for the first 75 laps. Then after that tire went, it unplugged him. I mean, I think he wrecked four more times the rest of the race. All you kids watching right now wanting to get to this level, don't do that. <laughs> went for the long one. Nice. Uh, but this first one was actually kind of selfless, which I appreciate. He blew the thing and just hooked it left so that it would uh, not kill anybody else. Unlike, um, let's see here. Let's just go into it. God, it was bad. Did I even mention the, uh, what's his name there in the two car? Um, shit. Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed yes. wreck. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned it in my notes, but yeah, he uh, hooked it the wrong way and ended up with his car folded in half, essentially. So it's like, yeah, don't do that. That's he just bad. got hit in the right, in like the B post upright. It folded the car like it. It made yeah, it like I, a I banana. I figure if you hit in that, just in that right spot, it's probably going to do that. Yeah, I agree, but it's just that it, thing folded up. Yeah, it, it went like a, it curved like a banana. Yeah, I he tackled oh that God. car. Oh yeah, like that a thing's... like a drunk kid coming home from high school with a freaking, you know, shitbox Mustang and wrapping it around a phone pole. He tackled it. You yeah. know what I mean? Dale Junior saw that wreck and he was already picking out a spot on the plantation. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> His graveyard. He has a graveyard. Oh with the, yeah. With race cars. I, yeah. I, he said plantation, so I thought he said something racial, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> no. I'm like, he's white. Well, you are from Florida. I have to what think of that first. What we've got here is <laughs> failure to communicate. Sorry. I had to go there first because of Florida man things. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. Never mind. It's probably the only smart move that Herbst made all weekend, and pretty much anybody made all weekend by any driver. But it opened the floodgates because, uh, let's see, A.J. Allmendinger went around while second, and that wreck hurt at least three of four J junior motorsports cars, and I think half of the colleague cars. Uh, with three to go, Landon Castle got into the wall off four and kept going, but ahead of him, in a separate incident... Daniel Hemrick put an ill-advised block on and got spun coming off a of four, which more cars wrecked. Hemrick um, is literally the most embarrassing local short track racer to be in a top series. Yeah, I I'm mean, sorry. I the guy just go away. He won the Xfinity title by winning his first race by punting someone out of the way because he had a good car, but and he ran a good race, but Dude, one flash in the pan for this long is just ridiculous. I mean, a little overrated. On. Yeah. Yeah, super it, overrated. And he couldn't win with Gibbs. Like, he won he, the championship in the final race with Gibbs, yeah, but you literally have the best equipment in the field all year, and you finish, like, eighth every race. Kyle Busch could win 200 races in that car. Give him a break. You know what I mean? Did Ty Gibbs has won, like, eight of... How many races did it take Ryan Priest to win with Gibbs? Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> And he finished second in his first one. Yeah, to he Kyle did. Bush. He barely lost to Kyle Busch at New Hampshire with the Mohawk car. Yeah. Running the modified line. That was the fun part about it. Yep. Yeah. Ryan Priest, two races. Daniel Hemrick, a whole fucking season right before he left. <laughs> Jesus. Or two seasons. Well, I don't even remember Jesus how long it was. Jesus H. Christ. 
Good grief. Yeah. All right. So, oops. I don't want to lock my phone out again because, you know, iPhone life. Oh, oops. Yep. See, just illiterate. Completely illiterate. All right. Um, dumb move of the race goes to Justin Allgaier in this crash that I just mentioned for not going down pit road to avoid and instead turning back out into the racetrack and smashing head Everybody on. Everybody's got to die sometime, right? <laughs> into somebody else. Go watch the replay. I'm telling you, you're like, you sit there, you watch him. He's going straight down pit road. Whoop! Hooks a right head on somebody right. There. That's like that's like <laughs> leaning into somebody else's left hook. You know, someone like, throws right. a left hook at you and you lean into it. What did you do that for, man? My, my favorite part was coming. there was a- a slow car rolling down pit road with a problem and everybody bailed down pit road and they're splitting them. Oh shit. <laughs> I think that was Landon. No, it wasn't. It was somebody else. Landon was behind. Yeah, no, that. it was a black car. Yeah, I Landon was, was behind that. Yeah, okay, forget it. It was somebody else. I don't know what the hell was going on, but what a stupid <laughs> You expect better from Justin Allgaier, but then you remember this is why he's not in cup. Uh so anyway, uh, then on to the overtime restart where Riley Herbst, our old friend, got into Brandon Brown and they wrecked a whole mess more cars. I didn't count them all because it's not worth my time. Basically the whole field. Because there's a lot more to come. Uh, next overtime try, Noah Gregson. What time is this, by the way, Eastern Standard Time? I don't time? know. I wasn't awake. Was it, was it probably 1.30 in like the morning. Like 1.30? Yeah, like Phil said, 1.30 in the morning-ish. This is the hooker and vampire hour. Correct. Jeez. Second shift just got home from work. <laughs> the <laughs> demons are getting ready to wake up. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Noah Gregson got turned into the backstretch wall. Landon Castle absolutely creamed him, spent, made him into a frisbee. Um, wrecked the shit out of that car. Uh, AJ Allmendinger ran out of fuel 14 laps past advertised distance when their crew calculated that he would only have exactly 14 laps of fuel past distance they didn't think you know this race could go 14 laps past the end but it did (sighs) so that'll give you an idea of how bad this was they still weren't done yet by the way uh he had to come down pit road austin hill then said oh by the way i don't have any battery (laughs) it's like jesus christ he takes off as the leader and just pulls it onto the apron because he's got no power and the field, you know, squirts by him. Uh, it gave Jeremy Clements the lead. AJ Allmendinger would somehow be up front and really not. Brent, where was long. Jeremy Clemens running uh, with ten to go? With ten to go, thirtieth. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I actually went back and looked. He was thirtieth with ten to go in the regular race. On the last restart, he was second. Or you can't third. make it up. No, you, you can't. can't make this stuff. Yeah, up. he was this second. Is, it, it's it's just, I, I don't know what to say, <laughs> but you know what? It's so good. It's a joke. It's all a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. What? This race also finally gave the world proof that Jesse Awuji is the worst race car driver in the history of ever, because everybody fucking wrecked. And he still couldn't get a top 10. <laughs> he didn't wreck, though. He still didn't. Sage Karam wrecked three times or was spin on, spun out on his face three times. I think he finished second. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was great. How does Jesse Wooji get to drive the this race but uh, 
Jennifer Joe Cobb couldn't drive Talladega in a truck or cup. You know what I mean? And I she even had. And she I would even, say that Jesse didn't wreck, but he also wasn't fast enough to be near any cars to hit. You know, mm. it, it, it's just although weird. there are walls. So. Well, let's see. What was on the side of his car? Coca Cola. So it must have been something green. Must have been money. Must have been. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Coke Zero was on the side of the car. That's probably, probably that's probably why. Probably part of some program. That's probably why. Maybe you know, sponsor got cleared. That was you know. Hey, Coke's an easy sponsor to get. Yeah, you know I mean, get into NASCAR, I suppose. Um, Jesse Awuji is a fantastic personality. Oh my god, as far he's as amazing. Like announcing awesome. and all that, but god damn it, he doesn't belong in a race car. No, he's a great ambassador of the sport. He's a gr- he's actually really good at announcing, like on pit road and stuff. He's a great personality for the sport to have. Great kid does not need to be a race car driver. <laughs> Correct. So. Um, I was thinking about who the hell else. Timmy Hill was like third. In the I thought f- Timmy was going to win the damn race. I was really hoping he would. <laughs> Good God. I was like, Timmy Hill. Timmy. <laughs> We're not done yet, fun. by the way. He, he gets out of the car. and They're doing a driver's interview, and he's holding a G27 in his hand. Yeah, he's with an office chair, a folding chair. Like, this is great. No, um. A.J. Allmendinger would somehow be up front. Not sure where he even restarted because he freaking pit. And this is a green-white checker. And I don't even know how he was leading. And there's a bunch of... There's two giant strips of bear bond on his front bumper. And a three, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, Clemens got the lead back. They crossed the line for the white flag as Riley Herbst was spinning for like the hundredth time. I don't even know. Um, they, st- they just said, fuck it, we're done here. Threw the yellow. <laughs> Right as they cross the line, they're like, we're done. It's 2 a.m. I'm tired. I'm not doing this again just because some guy spun out for the fourth time. We're done here. Those poor people, like, I don't usually complain about noise, but those poor people in Daytona, That's that city doesn't have a noise ordinance. <laughs> well, yeah, well, enjoy the fact that you have a racetrack and shut up. Yeah. It's one day a year. Get get over it. A few days a year. A couple days. Well, it's only when. How Plus often bike do they? Week. How often do they race at two a.m.? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. three three times a year. Okay, fair. No. Enough. Yeah. Plus, they got bike we, week, which an is an entire week at the historic. Uh, oh, and spring break. You guys, suck you, it up. You're bringing a lot of tourism right. in. Okay, suck it up. They're all right. It's like it's, it's like Daytona. The, uh, the sound of the racetrack to Daytona people's got to be like the sound of the ocean or whatever. If you, know, you don't want the like noise, noise. That's all what's right. hey Phil, what major city they, is north? They can't or hear south it over the gunshots anyway. What major city oh, okay. what it's major that town. Okay. okay. What major areas are north or south on the beach from Daytona? Uh south Well, major areas. They don't have to be major cities, but just you know, larger populated Crime areas. and punishment. Like there's Deltona <laughs> to the north. That sounds familiar. You could just go there. No, Deltona's <laughs> to the west. I thought it's, it was a little uh, north. It's northwest of it, isn't it? Or- Ormond Beach is uh, to the north, and that's just whatever little town. Is it the, within the, the sound biggest... of the racetrack? You can hear the racetrack from Ormond Beach. But okay, it's... let's keep going then. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing to the south that's going to matter that you can hear. Like, there's Edgewater, but that's just a little shithole. I keep forgetting you live well, on the west coast. Well, we can figure coast, this out with so. Google Maps, but what's the point? Who the hell cares? It's not a part. It's not even the point. But anyway, Jackson Jeremy- Jacksonville is probably the next nearest big city to to Daytona. Okay, then go there. They have a football team. Have fun. If you don't like the and, noise, fuck and off. a higher crime rate. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the noise, fuck off. 
Or you can go to Tampa Bay where Dude, the I love A.J. Elmendinger's interview. Okay, let's play A.J. Elmendinger's interview. Yeah, it was, uh, I was wide open and I was getting pushed. Did this read, are you satisfied to have finished or would you have liked one more shot at it? No, I'm just happy to get out of this place alive. I absolutely fucking hate this racing. So anytime I can walk away and feel my legs and my arms and, and be okay and have a top five finish, I'm okay any day with that. Feel his legs in his arms. Do you watch like the Don McTavish like clip or something before he raced or something? Oh my god, yeah, let's not bring that one up. Jesus Christ, that was nineteen sixty nine sportsman race. He god the car split in half and then he got pounded by somebody while exposed. Yeah, yeah, his legs blew up. Yeah, that's disgusting. That was terrible. That was a disgusting Don McTavish was a Norwood uh, modified regular. Yeah, he was a he was a northeast modified guy. Yeah. Which sucks. But that was uh, yeah, hit the uh, crossover gate. Yeah, split the car in half. Hit a patch of oil. It like ripped the car in half at the firewall. Hit a patch of oil or something. Yeah, Alex Zanardi. Yeah, pretty much Zanardi his car. Like you could see his arms and legs flying around outside the car. He was dead when he hit the wall. Hopefully, I hope so because another car hit him right in the cockpit, like exposed cockpit. Yeah, ripped him in half. Pretty much destroyed him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where Daytona is kind of. Bristol's supposed to be the last Coliseum, but uh, Daytona is the one where everything really is kind of uh, a gruesome uh, display of wrecked race cars and a lot of wrecked uh, people. Like I said, we've mentioned we mentioned earlier in the show Russell Phillips. Yeah, like at that wasn't at Daytona. That was at Charlotte. That was at Charlotte, but that was pretty. You know, I want to say recent, but it wasn't. It was like thirty something years ago now. Um, But you you look at. These cars now, the, the structure in them don't look much different. You look at Jeff Bodine, what happened to him. The front of the cage touched the, the fencing, and it shredded the cage off the top of the truck. You can't tell me that now, if these cars get into the catch fence roof first, that it won't be a cheese grater and take the roof off. I just you know what it, I mean? it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, a gruesome uh, type of event, and the fact that a lot of people go there to try to, you know, they actually want to see that kind of stuff because NASCAR don't want to change it. I mean, look what happened to Kyle Larson. He got the nose of his car up in the catch fence. It took the whole front off at the firewall. Yeah, they they want to see death and mayhem and and everything else like that. And well, you know, you're gonna get it someday. And I hope they don't. But this you know, year, it's, I mean, it's awful. This year alone, you had uh, Myatt Snyder hit the backstretch wall with his car and it took the whole front and rear clips off of it, engine out and everything. Yeah, he was he was talking about that in an interview how. He, he the car came to rest and he looked down and there's just this gaping hole where the transmission was. Yeah. What happens if he hits roof first? It's still it probably ain't like here to, to talk about it. Like Jesse says, this is the super speedway racing is the last great coliseum. It's it really not is. Bristol because you're watching them fight the lion. I mean, Bristol did have Mike Harmon hit the crossover fence and, and get Michael split, Waltrip. and they Michael Waltrip and Rusty Wallace go end over and he almost got killed and Johnny. Uh, and Jerry Punch had to save his life because the roof collapsed on him. Because the he, roof collapsed, yeah, his and airway performed a tracheotomy or whatever. It had his Wendy's cup or something poke a straw in his I neck think or something. I think he just moved him and opened his airway or something. Yes. He held his and he held his head so that it couldn't flop over and close his airway or something. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be last great Coliseum. But I'm sorry, but this one is where NASCAR will throw them to the lions, and there will be blood will be shed and. You know, they, they, I don't know. It's tough. We haven't had a death in, you can have, you can, 31 we, years, 21 we, years. We came so close with Austin Dillon. He hit bottom first. If he hit top first, we'd be talking a completely Ryan different Newman. story. Ryan Newman, too. He almost died. Yeah. 
Jesus, he got lucky. I don't know how he didn't. You know, and I don't think he knows how he didn't. He I still mean, has the car, by the way. I mean, we. I mean, NASCAR sacrificed its greatest son, Dale Earnhardt, at the time. Yeah. You know, to the to the altar of of ratings and and excitement and whatever with this plate type racing. So whatever is you know, it, it's not going to stop and it's going to be here to stay. And we're just going to bitch and complain about it until you know somebody else gets hurt or killed or whatever. It's just only a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, I it's was, gruesome. People you know, spend too much. You know, we we talk a lot about we we kind of go down morbid paths every once in a while, and I was actually kind of talking with the wife about it the other day and i was thinking about local tracks and their you know the danger of racing locally and obviously it's much lower than racing like at daytona if you look at the death rate at daytona there's like i don't want to know how many people i think at indianapolis there's like 80 plus names i think at daytona there's over 30 maybe 40 and i mean that does include the road course and stuff i was looking locally and i couldn't find like more tracks that had like I think Riverside had the most, which is very strange. They had like six, five or six, but a couple of them were just medical events. Mostly on average, even the default. What about track, Thompson? Oh, I'm getting Thompson's there. got like no, eight or ten. I'm getting there. Trust me. Oh, okay. Um, I was looking around and like on average it was two to four. Then you go to Thompson. Yeah, Waterford has one, two, two. Technically, Steve Alos or one of the Alaskis died of a heart attack in 1996 and pulled the car off. They counted that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, terrible. Yeah. Uh, Thompson has like 13. Yeah. Like you go from two to four on average locally to 13. Like bigger tracks, bigger risk. That's just yep. what NASCAR is facing. And I mean, it's just, exp- it's almost exponential. Like There's the a reason I don't race at New Smyrna. It's basically the Thompson of the South. It's but it's much tighter because you have inside walls to deal with that are much tighter. And the safety crew is absolute garbage. There. Yeah, they're fucking trash. Like you look at Stafford, at least the their safety crew is there before you're almost done wrecking. You know what I mean? Thompson, East Thompson Fire Department, they're amazing. They're really good. Yep. You know, they're 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 awesome. I love the wrecker crew. You know, their their track crew is amazing. Um Waterford, Cohansey is top notch. You know, we love Cohansey. We love East Thompson. Stafford's great. Um, Seekonk's got a great crew. Oh, Seekonk, they're there immediately, too. I mean, look at South, though. Look at New Smyrna. Yeah, that's not civilization. They have a garden hose on a golf cart. I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ, don't get me near this fucking place. I'll die here. No, they don't They don't have fire trucks at New Smyrna. They don't have their own ambulance or anything. They just got this little paddy wagon that they call an ambulance with a couple of um, they just load you into paramedics death. in it. And these VW powered buggies with oh, water filled a... fire extinguishers. Yeah, that... that's that's fucking reliable. A Volkswagen, great. It's like pissing into a volcano. You know what's good on a fuel fire? Water. Water's amazing on fuel fires. Said no one. Citrus ever. Citrus County, Showtime, and Auburndale have good safety crews. Those are the tracks I will happily stick to. Yeah. I'll go. To, I'll go to New Smyrna at Speed Weeks because they usually have a legit crew there because CRA comes in and they make them have a decent crew. But other than that, no thanks. Yeah, it's this. There's a stark contrast in between these things. So anyway, why don't we move from the morbid to um, the 
embarrassing, I suppose. Oh, boy. Cup at Daytona. This was billed as the last race of the regular season, which, to be fair, the regular season is completely meaningless. Sorry, but it is. They like to hype up the regular season champion and all this shit, and it's like, no, no one cares. Nobody cares. Chase Elliott won who, the, the won reg- Chase oh. Elliott won the regular season championship, and no one cares. You know why? Woohoo! He gets fifteen extra points because it doesn't matter. What happens if he wrecks the first race? Well, there goes that lead. Anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, um, notes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was off on a tangent there. All right, so here's my synopsis of the Cup race at Daytona. Ready? Here we go. Literally everyone crashed at some point in the race. I believe the statistic from NASCAR man was 88%? Five cars didn't crash. Did you see that stat as well on Twitter? Yes. I can't type because I'm retarded. (laughs) Oh, we can't say the R word. Fuck you. It's my show. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The statistic. This guy's great. And... I wish he would come out and actually admit that he's Brock Beard, but, you know, that sucks. I don't know. I think he's a different guy. It might be, but they do everything together, so it's just kind of whatever. <sighs> they do All right, so he says, with only five of the 37 cars avoiding wrecks yesterday, 86.5% of the field crashed. Eighty-six. Let me say that again. 86.5% of the field crashed. I'm upset that we didn't crash more cars. I mean, I feel like the feel like that's what that's what we need you know that's what we're here for i mean and i feel bad if i don't spend at least one hundred fifty thousand dollars. and how long is this i gotta pee back to the shop so uh we definitely gotta <laughs> do a better minute. job of that damn it, it would have been a lot more fun if i could have got caught up in one more wreck if i could have done that it would have been perfect i mean i think if we could make it a figure eight it'd be perfect it would absolutely <laughs> be perfect here it'd be better than what we got i love this guy so that's that's gonna be my vote next week is that we get it make it a figure eight and or we can go stop at the halfway, make a break, and turn around, and go backwards the rest of the way, and then with ten to go, we'll split the field in half, and half of them can go the regular direction, and half of them can go backwards. Now it was the most destructive Coke six, or Coke Zero. <laughs> that was Tony Stewart in Talladega, by yeah, the way, twenty twelve. It's but the same it's still, type of racing. Who cares? We still have Talladega coming up too. There's more opportunity for destruction. Oh, uh, I forgot Talladega is part of the playoffs. Jesus Christ! Yay. Uh, anyway, um. So this would be the most destructive 400-mile race in Daytona history. It barely passed the 2014 race where 86% of the cars crashed. Uh, This was 86 and a half. In 2019, the Daytona 500, 36 of 40 crashed. A 90% crash rate. So, yeah, that's where we're at right now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right, Including the eventual winner. Yeah, he did. I had to he remember. He almost where... Mark Martin himself on the pit wall. That's right. He did wreck on the front stretch when Chase Briscoe did something stupid. Um, oh, shocker! Chase Briscoe doing something stupid. What was that, Jess? I absolutely fucking hate this racing. Yeah, he I made it. <laughs> he made it a sound. Yep. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, you gotta get the the Martin Truex. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get that one. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, it's, it's uh, we do. So speaking of Farton Truex, uh, Ryan Blaney and <laughs> Farton Truex Jr., I have to call him Farton because I don't like him. <laughs> Farton Truex. They were both racing. For- Stop it. You're killing me. 
They're both racing for the final playoff spot, and both were involved in wrecks at some point. Both kept going, but were off the pace for most of the rest of the race. I think Truex did finish on the lead lap. Everyone wrecked late when it was plainly obvious that it was raining in turn one. People in grandstands were posting videos of the rain falling as they were sitting there towards turn one, and cars were still going around the racetrack. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I think that maybe if they're gonna if they're gonna race Florida and Florida weather in the summer, peak rain weather. Yeah, during monsoon season, they should probably have a few uh, guys in the corners of the of the speedway property that are monitoring when like rain officials. If rain is near, their sole purpose is to be there and look at the sky. And if it's falling, and, radio it in immediately. I mean, even having sections of like six, like six people around the track is not enough. You got to put like 30. You know what I mean? It's, you put it's so hard it's because... It's a big track. It could be raining in one little section, but not, nowhere else. That's the thing. Do you remember the year they, they it started raining in practice and everybody just started spinning out down the backstretch? Yeah, that was funny as hell. Yeah. Like, they can't, they can't learn from that? Why don't you have... To Jesse's point, I agree, but also, why not just send people out maybe not a half mile from the track. If it starts raining a half mile from the track, let's throw a yellow, maybe not count cautions or something, but take five minutes, see if it's going to get here. If it doesn't get here, let's try again. Yeah, you or, see, it's like, got to be a half mile. It's got to be a close, a small number. A half mile would work because... It is pretty mile, close, half mile, something like that. That's close enough, you know. If, if they do it like the Thunder, you know how they have the lightning tracker where it's like eight miles away or whatever yeah. then you're talking you're good then everybody's gonna be you know friday saturday sunday everybody's gonna be sitting all day long because there's rain here rain there rain all over around the track that never touched the ground and hell i mean it didn't even start it rained in turn three but never touched the backstretch until, until like 15 minutes later a lot of my problem is, is that it could be <laughs> raining and not on the radar either so that's that's another issue like i said it's why so don't hard. you you got to have somebody monitor, like put security guards all the way around the racetrack and have them with radios and monitor, have one person that monitors their frequency and they call in their post and say, it's raining. Okay. Call race control, you know, immediately. Yeah, it's got to be quicker. Uh, it, it's, it's a tough situation for, I mean, humans have been trying to predict the weather for thousands of years. I mean, yeah, but you can tell when it's raining when it's raining on you know? your head. I mean, hell, this <laughs> even happened at Stafford one year. Remember at Stafford where, mm. where, you know, I know Ted Christopher was leading and they had a restart and there was no rain anywhere on that property. Dry, dry, dry. All of a sudden they go into turn one wet the and whole if, field oh it completely downpours out of nowhere it, yeah it completely poured you know it's not stafford it wasn't stafford's fault it wasn't really daytona's fault either well you know, here's the so thing like i said the it's video just a hard thing to do with this rain in the forecast i literally watched a video from a fan that posted it from and you can tell they're the next gen cards it's not a car it's not a race from any other time it was that race they were standing off in turn one and you could watch the raindrops falling past their camera as they go by. They make a whole lap. He's yelling over the camera, "Why are they still racing?" Fifteen I wish we times. Had, I wish we had audio from the teams. Fifteen. Times. They started the race in a sprinkle. Yeah, and it's still. He's watching them go down the backstretch. He's like, "Why are we still racing?" You can watch the rain falling on his camera. He follows them back through, yelling, "Why are they still racing?" 
Rain is still falling in front of his face. They go off into turn one. Everyone wrecks. Yeah, I wish they had they'd... a whole lap of notice. Yeah, I wish they. I wish we had. That's some, almost a minute. Some uh, audio from the in car, you know. Spotters were saying it was raining. Yeah, well, Brett Griffin. Wanna... Brett Griffin was on the broadcast saying to uh, Justin Haley, who was in the mix at that time. He said, "It's raining, but don't lift for anything until the caution comes out." Basically, because you can't, you can't lift. You'll get run over. And they didn't lift, and every single car freaking wrecked, except for Austin Dillon. <laughs> Unfortunately. Some miracle. Well, it was a miracle, and uh, I have something on that. By the hand of Dale. By the hand of Dale. Listen, Austin Dillon did his best Moses impression with that big wreck at the end because the Lord muted his spotter and spoke to him and stating, <laughs> I am who is, I am he who is called I am. And Austin's like, who the hell is this on the radio? Grandpa? Grandpa? Who Who is I am? And uh, anyway, he who is called I am said that Austin would would stand and deliver the Israelites of Richard Childers Racing out of danger and into the playoffs. And sure enough, the seas parted like ages of old and crushed the combatants like the Red Sea did to the pursuing, uh, what were they, Romans or Nazis or whatever back then. They were all the same. Yeah, Nazis chased, yeah the Nazis chased Moses and the Israelites <laughs> through the desert into the Red Sea and got crushed. I mean, at some point he did, right? Yeah, so on this day forward, they were moved forward into the pages of history, theology, and entered the playoffs, and all God's children would say, Amen. Raise, Apparently, No, they have to say, raise hell, raise hell praise Dale, Amen. Yeah, all right, yeah. And praise hell and praise Dale. Apparently, the Lord is a fan of Austin Dillon's life in the fast lane. and Oh, he doesn't miss an episode. And therefore, Please don't mention the name of that show. We don't want people to watch it. And therefore... Yeah, they won't anyway. They would have their quote-unquote hit TV series with a driver in the playoffs currently making episodes. So, there you go. Everyone wins. <laughs> Everyone wins except for the fans. And it's on the same network, by the way. <laughs> it is on the same network as, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. And it can't be a conspiracy because he literally did drive through the, a sea of wrecked race Yeah, exactly. Cars. I mean, how can, it can't be a conspiracy. He's the only one that picked the right way. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's just it, the, it was If they had called the race when it was under red flag, they could have called it a conspiracy, though. Oh, yes, yeah, they could have done true. that, but they didn't, so that's good. That's I true. Appreciate that's, that. that's true. That's a good point, Phil. Yep. Yep, I, I had time it. to go to Chipotle and get lunch. I, yeah, that was a while, yes. I went to Lowe's with my mom, I think, and we picked out doors and like got plywood and shit. So. Yeah, this is true. You guys did miss the <laughs> I did miss the hours. end of it, but uh, whatever. I don't whatever. Don't care. You didn't um, miss much. No, I really didn't. I um, saw the end of it. I did see. I did watch the end of it, and uh, it was kind of a mirror image where Austin Cindric was leading, and it was a mirror image of uh, when Austin Dillon won the 500 by... Uh, turning Eric Almarola. Well, he got a run on Eric, and 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 the same thing with with uh, Austin Sindrick, where he, he, no one's lifted for anything, and he just ended he's up not gonna, punting he, him around. You basically, know, if someone, almost punted Sindrick around. If you make a move and the guy drives in front of you, you just don't lift and punt him. Yeah, I basically, mean, basically that's what you do anyway. So I mean, look, uh, Ket, you know, Brad Keselowski said this a long time ago, and he says that he was he wasn't lifting for anybody anymore because he was tired of getting wrecked on the plate race. And you know Brad's a really good plate racer. I don't blame him. I don't blame anybody for not lifting for anything. No, I don't blame him either. Whatever. 
No. Uh, I mean, he pushed Cindric out of the way in turn one, and uh, his teammate was uh, pushing him the whole way there, Tyler Reddick. Yeah, and a few of the other affiliate cars there. Tyler Reddick's a better teammate than his team is to him, I suppose. Well, well he has I more mean, class than his team, I should say. That's soap opera. We don't even have to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we don't even have to well, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but it, was, it, 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 he, it proves that you know he's going to fulfill his end of the contract. Yeah. Until... You know, Richard Childress made the same mistake they did with Kevin Harvick and messed up and didn't sign and didn't sign him for the long haul. And ten years later down the road, yeah, ten years later down the road, Richard Childress made the same damn mistake again. So he's got no one to blame but himself. Yep. All right, so uh, let's get to the meat of the sandwich here. Farton Truex was fifth. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me. He was fifth in regular season points, quote-unquote, and he failed to make the playoffs because Austin Dillon won his way in. And I know people are like, oh, he didn't deserve to be there. And I'm like, well, he does have the same average finish as his teammate who's won two races. So, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what to say about it. I don't care. Jesse, Um, I sent you a great Martin Truex uh, sound clip on Facebook. And uh, Ryan Blaney was... was Ryan Blaney was fourth in regular season points, but got in on the last spot because he didn't actually win a race. There were, in fact, as predicted, 16 different winners, but because Kurt Busch was still, oh, yeah, he still has his head injury. That's why I don't have the notification. He, he didn't, uh, yeah, he's got that there. Um, but he's got the uh, waiver that he let go, and so that allowed a different person in. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you, NASCAR. Like <laughs> Kyle Bush and Martin Truex. Fought and Truex. Fought and Truex. Thank you, NASCAR Chasm. And Phil. And Phil, yes, for putting that ridiculous thing together and sending that to us. That's all he's. That's all Chasm's good for is just ridiculous crap. He should never media genius. He should never have done the face reveal though. He should have stuck with it. Oh well, we still like him. Doesn't matter. Uh, Anyway, uh, Ryan Blaney was fourth in regular season points. Barely made it again. Like I said, only because Kurt Busch removed his health waiver and gave somebody else a spot, which was cool. Next week I'll have something more on that. This week is too long, but I have a um, a theory that's coming to fruition, and I'll talk about it later. Yeah, write it up, and we'll we'll figure it out. I'll do it next week. Yeah. So there was an F1 race. I didn't watch it because I was busy watching Cup. So we're stepping one. Don't care. Martin, I mean, uh, Audi's coming back name? to Formula One. That's what I heard. That'll be interesting. The douchebag from Mercedes. Who is he? Lewis Hamilton. Lewis, that's who. Lewis Hamilton um, in his grimace suit. Drove over, <laughs> drove over Alonzo, and then blamed it on Alonzo. He would. Then again, everybody else would too, because they're all prima donna He's assholes. Only, so Fernando Alonso's only won what two Formula One championships? Two or three, I forget. Yeah, he's but he a won chump. it. He won it back when Michael Schumacher was. Still yeah, racing, he's so. a chump. Womp womp. I roll. Anyway, no. <laughs> back when Not it took talent, no. I miss I miss old F one. Back when they had V twelves and V tens and stuff, that was fun. Anyway, I'm done. I have no more notes. Anybody else have anything else to add on? Short uh, show today. Yeah, but I, I absolutely fucking hate this racing. I just really have to pee, so I'm shutting it down. So, anyway, 
Right. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram. We got to get the boy in here. At Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find, uh, you can send us some. Oh, he is going back to school tomorrow. He's got to go to bed. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com. I think I already said all that. You can send us uh, feedback to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us uh, voicemail to anchor.fm slash Making Laps. In case you didn't notice, I don't read those off. I actually do that by memory. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01 and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at... Boy, do not at push PJX that. Racing. Do not. At PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Good boy, if you want to hear what we're saying, you can put them headphones on. Right there. Yeah, there you go. Now you can actually hear what Phil's telling. Phil, please don't swear. All right, you can find... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Me and Pokemon Master CX because I can't not stop playing it. Oh, he can't really put the headphones on because he's still got a broken arm. I'm an idiot. Uh... That was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, giving Do him an it. apple. Ah! Oh, my God, that's loud. Please turn it down, Jesse. All right, boy, how do you end this show, please, without touching the board anymore? That was kind of funny. All right, keep the door sit down, Sam. Thank you for listening to my broken arm. Oh, yeah, that poor thing. All right, he's got that for like four more weeks. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it.